Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, I've thought of a way to make this very simple so you will understand. Would you please give me a spotlight? Do you get what I'm saying now? This is not about you. This is about me being in the spotlight where I deserve to be. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jamie Lambert, joined as always by the great Steven Jensen. And shout out to Big Dick Dave Batista for doing our special introduction, as always. Personalized intro, Steven Jensen. Yes. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, Jeremy. Getting a good start to my day. Went to good old Dave and Buster's last night for the first time in like half a year. And uh and uh I don't know if you saw my post last night. I did. But, uh, I did. Yes, uh 44 runs on baseball pro, which uh for those who know that game, you need 16 runs to win the bonus. Like 16 is like a really high score. So um yeah, 44. So um pat myself on the back for that one, but uh but yeah, I'm doing good yeah, this morning. How about yourself, man? I am well. Hi, Kai. How you doing, buddy? When I lost my Dave and Buster's virginity uh, the week mm-hmm. of, of my wedding, um, we we didn't play the baseball game. We played the like basketball game where you like push the button and the ball pops up and you try to get it in like the little hoop that goes side to side. Basketball pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It didn't do too great at that. You know what game I did really well on? I got like a thousand tickets on it. Was the Whack a Clown game? Killed that. Now, game. were you talking like the one you throw the balls at the clown? No, no, or... no, no. Like it's like whack a mole, but it's clown. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. <clears throat> okay, okay. The whack a fiend. The whack a fiend. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is uh, what I like to call it. Um, there you go. Yeah. yeah um, I did well, on that. Yeah, unfortunately, like, so the DMBs that I I used to frequent every week that I I went back to the other uh, last night, I. I have my suspicions that certain people don't work there anymore because like there was a lot of stuff that was like broken or like not enough balls and machines or whatever. And I was like, Oh, so like, I, I bet you anything this, this dude quit. Like, cause like, I guess <laughs> there was like, the place was like pretty much in shambles, but there was some, like the baseball game worked just fine. So that was fun. And then uh, we played some other stuff. The other games that like I'm really good at, I don't know if you saw when you went there, but like um, there's a game, I think it's just called ball drop, but it's like, um, Oh it's yeah, like red balls where the buckets spin around in a circle and try to drop all the balls into the bucket. And if yeah. you get all fifty, then you get a uh, like the bonus. Usually it's like five hundred or higher. Like I'm really good at that game. Um, and then there's some others like the more you throw the football through the through the holes and like the little yeah. guys pop out of the sides. Like really good at that one. Like that kind of stuff. There's a, there's like a handful of games there that like 
no matter like you're there's still a little bit of luck to it but you're it's mainly skill based games like the the luck based ones are the ones that i don't really mess with where it's just like complain or like the coin ones can be fun too like because you know you, you can you can win on those and it's just like fun to sit around and do kind of like gambling but anyways that, that's enough about that but yeah I, I had a good time last night and uh and yeah it was hilarious because like I didn't know what was happening, but apparently a whole crowd formed around me, like behind me, while I was hitting oh. doing this game. So my brother like, Jensen, Jensen, Jensen. <laughs> it was so funny because my brother got like some videos and stuff, and I think people were like realized like why is this guy taking videos? And uh, <laughs> and then like they realized they're like, because at forty four, there's this one dude who goes in there. I have no idea what his name is. I see him every time I'm inside that place. I didn't see him last night though, but I guarantee he'll be there today and see it um he he's he's probably 10 years old 10 years older than we are and he brings knee pads to dmds like he brings actual knee pads and he goes and plays the baseball game because like he doesn't want to like hunch over like it hurts my back to play it for too long because like the way you have to hunch over he brings knee pads and sits there on his knees for hours and just plays the baseball game and the highest score i've ever seen him have is like maybe mid-20s which is like really impressive but he's gonna walk in there today and see 44 and be like what like who did this you know what I mean? He's going to be so confused. I can't, I, man, this is, this is great to know. This is a level of commitment to bring knee pads to, to Dave and Busters that I don't know if I have this level of commitment to like anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. I knee pads? Really what? Like- what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Bringing knee pads to, to Dave and Busters. This is, dude, this it's is like it's like wrestling, man. Like you don't you don't show up without your gear. You never know. So like, <laughs> so he, he, he shows up with his knee pads and, um, no, there's a whole. I, 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 I we got to get into the topics. I know because we're, you know, you know, we got a time crunch with my with my, with my shoot job and all. But like, um, yeah, I could tell you all about. There's a whole cast of characters, like regulars at Dave and Buster's, that all have their games that they play and like their little personalities and little things. And like, yeah, there's a whole like underworld of like this going on. It's hilarious. We're gonna we're gonna vlog Dave and Buster's experience. I'm gonna come visit you. We're gonna go to Dave and Buster's. You're gonna have to mentor. You have to mentor me. And well, I, I've had the idea where where what I can do is I can win a GoPro from the prize zone at Dave and Buster's, put it on, and then document myself winning prizes at that same Dave and Buster's. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, let's get let's get into some wrestling. Yes, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Not over a million fans this week because it was on Tuesday. The Tuesday Night Wars were brought back. But there was one particular segment that I thought was the best segment of the week. Uh, one of the best promos I've ever seen. MJF. And William Regal, and I feel like we say one of the best promos ever a lot when it comes to to AEW. Uh, mm-hmm. But this week, MJF and William Regal, MJF comes out and tells a story of how he tried out for WWE, he killed it, blew everybody out of the water, and then he was too young to get signed. Regal said, "No, you're you're too young. We can't sign you yet. But email me every month, and I'll keep track of your progress." So MJF says, "You know, I kept emailing, kept emailing. Sometimes you respond, then you just stopped responding. You said I don't have time to keep up with this. So this email makes me, it made me want to kill myself." And Regal just gives this smirk of like, eh, "Whatever, yeah, <laughs> all right." And the crowd is completely rocking with MJF on this, and MJF is basically like, "I succeeded in spite of you. I, you know, it, I wanted to c- continue on to prove you wrong." with all of this 
And then Regal gets on the mic and he's like, yeah, I did this. Like you thought you were entitled. You're a little prick. You had to, you needed to work for something. I wasn't just going to hand you a bunch of stuff. You needed to work hard and really prove yourself. And the back and forth, these two, I can't do it justice trying to do this recap here. Uh, go, go watch it. It ended with Regal turning his back and said, go ahead, take your shortcut, hit me from behind. Like go, go ahead and do this. Very eerily similar of Cody and Jake Roberts that unfortunately never went anywhere. Um, it, it, like it reminded me of that. And I think we're actually going to get a follow-up with MJF and Regal. <clears throat> Certainly we have MJF and Moxley coming up at the pay-per-view. <clears throat> But just an outstanding, outstanding promo segment, at least in my mind, from MJF and William Regal. What do you think of this segment, Jensen? Oh, yeah, I completely agree. This ruled um, on both sides, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. I, um, I, I, like, would, I, if I had to choose, like, a winner out of this thing, it would still be MJF. Like, because I thought that promo was just, like, fantastic. I mean, just in super real, you know, and it's, it's like the, uh, it's in similar, a lot of ways to like they, um, like the Jew boy promo he's cut about like, you know, being bullied growing up and all that stuff. And, um, so it's, it's like, it's, it's, there's absolutely many, many le- levels of realism to the things that he's saying. Um, and then he's also the way that they're tying it in with wrestling and, you know, and, and this story with him and Regal, which also, the levels of that bleed into Regal being a mentor for Moxley and Moxley being the world champion and MJF, you know, going for the title. I just think it's really, really, really well done how they're, how they're explaining this and um, how they're presenting it. And yeah, man, I mean, that's, I like, cause honestly, as MJF was doing the promo, I was like, damn, this is actually making Regal look like an asshole. This is like, this yeah. is kind of crazy, you know? Cause like, cause it, and then, and then Regal kind of was able to flip it by the end of it and explain, like you just said, an email had you like that. Like I was 16 years old, bleeding out of every, every hole of my, in my head or whatever, however he explained it. He basically was bleeding out of his, his eyes and his ears and his nose and everything. And he's like, you know, and he's like the, the things that I had to deal with when I, when I was that, when I was a teenager, like trying to get into this business, um, but so I, I I really I really really enjoyed it. I think it I think it advanced a lot of things, and I'm even more pumped up now for for MJF and Moxley. And also, dude, I talked about this with Doug. Doug Doug's been saying this for a minute, and, and I've, I've been a huge MJF fan. <clears throat> Obviously, I was a pre AEW fan of his. Like I, I I saw him not too long after probably this promo he's talking about when he was 19. Like because I I'd seen him when he was calling himself like the best two year veteran in wrestling and stuff. So this so but doug brought up a good point he's like he's like and i know there's been some more comparisons but i i don't know if i've seen anybody really since maybe the rock that when he starts hitting these catchphrases now you're hearing the fans respond to this degree where man a few when he wins that championship in like a in like a few weeks a few months the, the fans every time he does the I'm better than you and you know it, they're going to be with him. Like the millions and millions of the rocks fans. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's the response he's getting is, is super impressive. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of that whole segment between him and Regal last night. Sorry. Yeah, what, I, what I loved about this promo is you can talk about baby faces and heels and, and everything. This was just like two humans 
interacting. Two humans who who thought they were in the right with, with what they did. MJF, he was getting the babyface reaction. The crowd was cheering him and everything. I did think like Regal came off like a prick when MJF was talking and everything. It's like, man, Regal kind of sucks. Like, what an asshole on this. Like, MJF thinks he's in the right of feeling the way he felt. And he is. Like, it's his feelings. You can't take that away from him. Feeling the way he felt by being snubbed by Regal of like, oh yeah, you have Moxley and Danielson and Claudio and now Yuta. Like you think they came, you you take a liking to them because they came up a certain way. They went through these wars and they battled and they were these indie darlings and everything like that. And that's why you took a liking to them. And MJF is like, he sees them as like the cool kids and he wasn't one of the cool kids. It kind of goes back to to the, the Jew Boy promo as well is like i i just wasn't that cool kid like i was just just this jew and like that's how he views things and so he has resentment uh to blackpool combat club and regal because of that and regal is like well yeah that's why i actually don't like you is because we're not the cool kids we're the kids that were grinding away cutting our teeth going through these wars battling life and death sleeping in these cars honing our craft and everything well you just came in there and you think oh you're great and you should just be handed everything like no that makes you a dick like that that's not how this works so that's why i actually don't have respect for you this is the easy way for you get they both think they're right in this scenario they both feel how they feel and this is not a good versus evil thing this is a how you view both of these men how you view their words how you view their feelings of who you're actually going to side with and that's like that's what i loved about this this is not clear cut down the middle heel versus baby face this is humans and their feelings and that's something that when wrestling does this well it's otherworldly and a lot of times it is just clear cuts and that's great like sometimes you just want to have somebody you can get behind you want to have somebody you can hate but sometimes it's really great when again when it's done well when it's just two humans interacting and AEW has done this very well throughout the throughout its course especially over the last year i think cm punk uh is owed some some credit to that punk his feud with eddie his feud with moxley and things like that but and mjf as well like when you have just two humans talking like this it's 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 fantastic yeah this this segment was great yeah yeah no i, I completely agree and it's it's one of those like this sounds very cheesy, but it's like choose your own adventure. Like when you're like reading those books, you know, and it's like you can decide what page to go to to like the the story will change or whatever. Like I, I like that op- the option of that in pro wrestling of like you're not being handed on a on a on a platter. Like you're supposed to cheer for this person, you're supposed to be this person. Like you're supposed to like this guy, you're supposed to not like this guy, so and so forth. Like this is these are these two people. These are their stories. This is exactly how they feel about it. They both feel right about this. It's up to you to decide who you're going to root for. And I and I I love that. And I and I like the end of the segment as well, where Regal um, turned his back to him and was like, you know, are you like basically are, are you going to hit me in the back of the head or not? You know, are you put on that ring and do it or not? And and MJF couldn't do it. And then Regal seemed like disappointed by that. He was like, still got a lot to learn. And it's like after all that about doing it the right way and being honest and like not taking the shortcut and not taking the easy way out and all this stuff. Regal wanted him to hit him in the back of the head with that ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, and MJF didn't do it. And like, that makes it even more intriguing to me. It's, I said it last week when we, 
really saw it was really two weeks ago when uh Yuta got attacked it looked like he was gonna shake Yuta's hands and then he got attacked by the firm and then last week with the promo and I said it last week like no matter where they go with this story even if I I mean let, let's get into it real quickly MJF had it looked like he was gonna like cash in his chip and everything at the end of the show and then he grabs the mic and he said nope not gonna do this the easy way here's where we're gonna do this full gear we're doing this match this is where i'm gonna do my title you want me you want to do things the hard way i'm gonna earn it this is how i'm gonna do it and no matter where they go with this story and it looks like they're going one way right now and they've they they are going one way because they've set up this match without doing like a cash in it's it's set in stone but the fact that they're going like this, the fact that like MJF is sort of playing babyface here just adds more layers and depth to his character that however they go and they put the title on him, don't put the title on him, whatever it is, they now have this story or the these elements of the story to fall back on. And that's something that I think MJF's character has really been missing throughout his entire AEW run and I think I thought it was missing when he returned when he just fell back into oh going to WWE gonna take the title with me bidding war blah 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 like I thought it was missing that and I was very worried about when he came back oh Moxley's just gonna have to run through the firm guys like how many times have we right. seen this story of okay MJF just throws the challengers at them they go through that and then they fight like that's what it seemed like it was setting up when he returned and then now they've gone in this direction and I absolutely love it. I love that they've gone in another direction. Get Now, no matter where they go with the MJF title story, this is just elements you can play with, whether he's the champion or whether he, he fails against Moxley. These are new elements introduced to his character. So I think they've done a great job over the last week with how they've taken this MJF story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very intriguing. Uh, I mean, he's, he's an anti-hero at this point which is like between like his contract disputes and because here's the thing, like when it comes to all that, without going down that rabbit hole, like I do side with MJF if what I know is accurate as far as like generally what most people know about the situation. But like, I agree with that. He deserved. Yeah. He, I, I, I agree that like, if you know, he started on pretty much like a rookie deal with AEW and, and signed for probably not a whole lot of money relative to what he's valued now. And it's similar to the UFC where guys signed, you know, a five fight contract, but like two fights in beat like a big name. And then all of a sudden it's like, how am I making? And then, and then on the same, at the same time, you're bringing people in from somewhere else and they're making like potentially like three or four times more money than you are. And you're like, wait a second. I'm like, I've been here the whole time and it's proven that I actually draw as much as these people do, if not more. So like, I, I, I'm, I'm with MJF on, on all that stuff. And I'm in, and, and that has turned out to why, and it turned out to be a great thing for his career. I think in the long run, what happened because ever since coming back, <clears throat> the fans really want to cheer him. And he's, he's just, they're, they're in this really interesting crossroads, no pun intended, but I love Cody Rhodes. Of course, the, 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 the crossroads are out right now is like, so, MJF, like, let's assume MJF's winning the title at full gear, which I think he should, personally. You have to be prepared for him to be cheered, like, in, in the victory, which, like, three years ago, no one would have ever thought, okay, like, we would have all thought, okay, MJF is going to become the AW World Champion. Like, the talent's there. He's only going to keep getting better. Him sticking to this heel 
persona that he's got, like the way that he does this kid's money, he's going to be the champion one day. And when he do, and when he does, it's going to be like the NWO forming, and there's going to be trash getting thrown into the ring. And this guy's going to get so much massive, he's going to be the biggest heel in the business. And now we're in this kind of weird position where it's like he's going to win that title, and they're going to be cheering and giving him a standing ovation, and that play is going to pop massive for him as the world champion. And then it's on them to decide where do you want to go from here? Like, do you want to keep riding the line of like kind of the tweener where he doesn't change anything about his character, similar to, you know, Steve Austin or the rock back in the day, you just have him start wrestling baby faces, but he doesn't really change anything about himself, but he is now the most over baby face in the company just by virtue of wrestling uh, heels rather. And so, you know what I mean? It's like, do you do that? Or do you just go full on heel with him again? And how do you deal with it going forward with the fans? Because on Twitter, I've noticed recently, he's opened up more to fans and not just told people to go screw themselves constantly. He's actually answered some questions and stuff recently yeah. and seemed, you know, it seems a little bit more relatable to people lately. So it's like, are they going to go that route with him too? Or like at some of these, like these, uh, these autograph signings and stuff like that going forward, like, will he be more personable? Well, he, right. Well, of, of, of course, <laughs> but it, whether or not there's a plane ticket purchased or not, but like, I, 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 uh, you know what I'm saying though? I wonder how much this, this, because they have some decisions to make as far as like healer babyface or tweener or how are they going to deal with with the reaction he's getting because he's going to get a lot of cheers way more cheers than booze probably going forward do you do you bleed that into the way he interacts with fans and does he kind of give up the whole working the the fans constantly thing and and start opening up a little more to become more relatable because if he's more relatable, he'll probably gain way more fans. But at the same time, what makes him so special is him sticking to the gimmick so strongly. So, like, um, so anyway, uh, well, what are your thoughts on all this? Like, where, like, where do you, like, or do you, I guess, let me ask you, do you think that MJF's going to win the title at full gear? And if so, like, what route do you think is the best route to go with him as far as, like, going forward as, like, a tweener, heel, baby face? Like, what would you, what do you think? I think he wins the title at full gear and i was very worried about putting the belt on him like so early because it seemed like they were just gonna do oh gonna take the title to wwe and like you try to do that story for a year that's too long of a story for me now with this new layer in there i'm less sold on them doing that for a year i still think it's gonna be there like you've, you've talked about it you've introduced it it's still part of the story i just don't need to be hammered in the head with it every single week uh with this new layer like I, there's just a lot more to play with. And as far as where he goes, it really depends on his first challenger. And, it, you know, so so he beats Moxley. So who sets up after that? Does Danielson co come out of this? And, and you, you keep the Blackpool Combat Club stuff going. Danielson can play either way as well. Now Danielson has this thing with Yuta as well. Uh, so Danielson has always said, like, I'm a heel. So comes out of the heel tunnel and everything. Danielson can certainly get the 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 booze uh, while MJF gets cheers. Like he knows how to turn manipulate crowds very well, uh, and so MJF can be cheered out of that. It really depends on who they're going to set as the first challenger because you could have somebody. So MJF wins the title, you could have somebody say a say a Darby Allen. I don't I don't know where Darby Allen's being positioned right now. Like he's feuding with with Jay Lethal, and that I mean they they love Jay Lethal, but that seems like a, a more of a middle of the road position but they have the story from darby allen from last year if darby allen comes out he's gonna get cheers you could do the the pillar story of like okay you know you're the first like pillar to win the title here 
in AEW. Uh, and, and Allen takes sort of maybe offense to that because he's the one who's had a lot of great moments in AEW. So Allen can be positioned as the baby face. MJF would be the heel in that. So there's different ways to go with it. It really depends on who they're positioning as the first challenger. And honestly, I don't know who they're like, who is going to be in that position. Like, is there anybody off the top that's like, oh yeah, this guy seems like he's going to be the guy to step up and challenge MJF after it. Cause I've always said I need more story than they won a chip. They won a, a battle Royal. They won a ladder match, whatever. And like, that's how they got to the title with MJF. But now they're adding a lot more to it than just, Hey, he won this chip. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think about that as well. And, you know, I, I think it'd be interesting to see it be kind of fluid with like, yeah. <clears throat> with with like you know like it could be a heel or a baby face going forward like just depending on the story just have just just don't change anything about mjf too much um but i thought about that too danielson would be great of course um darby i think would be great they had one of the best matches of uh not last year but the previous year i believe it was um they opened up a pay-per-view together yeah yeah but, um, no, I'm so was, bad about remembering which which pay per views are which. Was it full beat? Was it, it was last, all out was it? last year, wasn't it? All out last year. Well, no, yeah. wait. Was that was that Darby and Punk? What was Darby and Punk? Oh, see, I'm terrible. Yeah, Darby and Punk yeah. was last year. So maybe was it was it, was it full gear? Was it full gear? Like it, it was full the gear. Opening yeah, full it was gear. full gear. Yeah. Um, but regardless, see, well, I'm just really bad about remembering which which names and which shows. But like. I love the Darby Allen versus MJF match that opened that pay-per-view. Um, I, I, I loved it. And I, I want to see more out of those guys. I mean, you could even, um, I mean, MJF has called that the, the best match in AEW history. What him Obviously, and Darby? It's highly, yeah. Yeah. He, he said his match him against Darby. Darby and his match against, uh, the dog collar match against punk are like his, he believes are the two best. Well, because the match with Darby was so great because it opened the show. The crowd was mega hot for it. And it was the whole story of MJF like winning with the headlock. I mean, it was yeah. so, so well done. So I love the idea of him uh, wrestling the pillars also. Um, and that would have to be fluid too as far as heel babyface because like he'd have to be kind of positioned as the the heel against Darby, I think. Um, he'd have to be positioned against, as the heel against um, Jungle Boy. But against Sammy Guevara, like he'd be the face. You know what I mean? So like that would be there's very it's just very interesting how they could how they could do this all going forward. Um, I'll, really quick, the only person I'll other I'll say the perfect person if he was available would be Adam Cole though. I think if they could build the right story, he would have been a great first challenger. But go go ahead. Oh, Jungle Boy would have been a good one. I don't know if you're gonna headline a pay per view with that. I mean, the next pay per view isn't until february jungle boy is certainly a good one to to do on like a television problem is they've cooled off jungle boy way too much for my liking by having him like lose to luchasaurus and this extended feud with christian i understand christian is hurt so you can't like quite do it but i don't maybe jungle boy should just beat christian and then christian went away i feel like they've just cooled him off a little bit too much to, to try to position him there right now but if mjf wins the title at full gear that's november the next big pay-per-view is until february you got plenty of time to heat somebody up by then and there's returns there's, there's kenneth omega potentially returning at some point who knows what he's he wants to do but that's an easy slot him back into a world title uh scenario there um but yeah they they got time to, to he got there's there's eddie kingston He's he can, he can always just heat himself up just by talking. It'd be cool to see him on TV 
again. Uh, Ricky Starks is somebody I would love if, if they could heat him up a little bit, but he's been off TV since he beat Powerhouse. So I, I think he had like a quick squash match. He hasn't done anything him, of substance. But at least so, him and MJF have a lot of history, like personal yeah. history, like that they can dig into to make something like fast if they needed to. You know what I mean? Like, um, I love the idea of that. I, I would love to see Starks get a shot at, at MJF. Uh, some super chats here. Guys, reminder, leave your super chats. Get your question, comment, statement. Red on air. Caden says that promo just wow. Anyways, justice for Cass. Cass has been bumped <laughs> again this week. Uh, Steven Jensen had an interview with Moe's from Killer Be Killed, promoting the latest show that, that just went up uh, on IWTV, correct? Yeah, just last night on IWTV. Great show. Watch watch the majority of it when it aired. There you go. So Moe's. Um, uh, but yeah, Cass. You ain't never, ever, ever, ever getting on our podcast. Getting on our <laughs> podcast. Anyways. Uh, oh, then we have another. We already have another interview already recorded for. Yeah, Cass is bumped next week, so. too. Yeah, he's, so. he's not going to be yeah. here next week either. So anybody expecting to see Cass in the next two weeks? Nope. Completely bumped. Uh, Nose Grari. Sorry if I fucked that up. Uh, being there live, you could feel them both grabbing us by the guts, and we went along joyfully. It was it was great. Mm. Uh, the, the reactions, the the way they were manipulating the crowds, like that was just one hundred percent. Like that's just great promo stuff right there. Yeah. Like that that is how it is done. Of the way they just pulled the crowd in and out. Of you you think you're gonna just cheer for MJF and Regal looks like a dick, and then Regal just turns it around. It's like oh, Regal's got points too. Again, human element of this all uh is when it's done correctly in wrestling is absolutely fantastic and i think AEW for the most part when they want to does a good job of that with their big stories and i, I point to punk i point to hangman and, and the elite stuff like that was just human element stuff of uh how how you felt about both sides there i think that was very gripping stuff throughout throughout its run speaking of hangman page uh dynamite kind of ended on a downer <laughs> Uh, as we yeah. had Hangman against John Moxley, and the nine minutes left, eight minutes left uh, of TV time, Hangman takes a clothesline. Unfortunately, suffers a concussion, and they had to they had to stop the match. A stretcher came out, took him out. Sounds like Hangman is okay. He tweeted yesterday he had a panini for lunch, which is great. Glad, yeah. glad he's doing well with that. He said he's doing all right. He felt pretty good. Um, yeah, he, he suffered a concussion, and best wishes to 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 Hangman Page off of everything. Yeah, there isn't like a whole lot we can really like talk about with this as far as like deep diving a, a subject, but it was I chose this as my spotlight this week because obviously it's very it's a very important thing and it's also you know concussions are very serious. Like you know I'm not one of those people that's like celebrating that he has a concussion. Well, I should I, that sounds wrong. You, you you need to understand what I mean by this. I'm not trying to sound insensitive. I know where people you're are, people people are like thank God it's only a concussion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like which which I agree with, like, because it, it, it looked like it could have been much worse. Like when you go down like that and you have to get, like, I saw they had to like loosen the ropes up to like roll him yeah. out of the ring onto a stretcher and stuff. I mean, this, this was very serious and um, concussions are, are also very serious. And it isn't one of those things where anybody's like, you know, but, but it, it feels like it could have been a lot worse. And most of the people in the know are basically saying like, it's a good thing. It was only this. And like, he seems to be doing even well the way, already. even the way Moxley was talking afterwards, where he's like, you yes. know, I hope Hangman and can like play with his family and everything. He's like, oh shit! Like obviously Moxley doesn't know in that moment, but his words carry some weight there in that moment, and so you, you're kind of thinking worst case scenario with everything. So no, I completely understand 
uh, when, when you say, oh, it's thank God it's just a concussion. You don't want anybody to get injured, but the way things were looking on television, it looked like it could have been a lot worse. Yes. And like you said, yeah, when, when Mox cut that promo and he's talking about like, I hope that Hangman, you know, is going to be okay to play with his kids and stuff. It's like, wow. You know, cause, cause what we don't know as the viewing audience is like, cause you know, there was people, obviously it isn't a work, right? We all know that. But like when it happened, there was the, there was the confusion. Cause it's like, if it wasn't work, this kind of is how you might end the match. Cause like, you know, Hangman doesn't have to take the, the pin and all this stuff and you're kind of like playing through the scenarios and then you're like and the referee stopped it really quickly like this but but what i kept saying to people that night was but you don't know what they're saying in the ring to each other hangman could have hit the ground the referee went over on, to talk to him and hangman was like i'm hurt i'm done you know what i mean like like you could have turned him off to him, but like i'm really hurt man you know what i mean like i mean it's just like which obviously that's speculation on my part like but but there's a conversation being had between the people in the ring that we are not privy to. So for Mox to then follow it up with that speech, that's what really had me concerned is like, he would obviously know but more about what's going on than we do. And he's talking like this, this sounds very, very serious. So um, my, my thoughts are obviously out to Hangman. He's like, he seems like one of the best, like actual human beings, like in wrestling. And he represents an entire generation of, you know, the anxious millennials and stuff. And I think, I think he's uh it's just he's, he seems like a great dude a guy who i would legitimately want to drink a beer with you know what i mean and like i i i just i hope he's i hope i hope he's got a you know a speedy recovery and he seems to be in good spirits based on what i've seen on twitter and stuff so far so that's really good to see uh two things one i thought referee paul turner did a, an outstanding job like being able to to spot and we know we see in wrestling all the time after like big bumps and everything the referee goes and like kind of checks on the 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 guy who takes the bumper or who is the recipient of the bump to make sure they're okay and continue and stuff and like turner did that after he saw like how hangman fell and then there was something communicated there or turner just recognized hey things ain't right right here like we gotta do more than just like hey match continue everything's fine but turner did a great job just spotting it, stopping it, getting Doc Sampson in there, going through whatever their protocol is to stop the match. I mean, we've look, we saw it a few years ago with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, where Matt was clearly fucked up after the the fall they took, and then for some reason that match was allowed to continue when it definitely should not have continued. So credit to to Paul Turner and whatever new protocol AEW has in place to hey we can't continue this match right here. Like we gotta, we gotta stop things. I, so, sort of similar when Adam Cole at forbidden door, like it looked like he got a little bit messed up and they were quick to like go to the finish with everything there. And that people were, wor- people were wondering like, Oh, that finish seemed wonky. It's like, well, yeah, maybe because something happened. So it, it's good that they've put new protocols in place because yeah, going back to Matt and Sammy, that was inexcusable for, how that match was allowed to continue after after that bump. So I'm glad that Turner spotted it. They got everything. They stopped the match. The work thing, like I saw it on Twitter. Even even the wife was like, "Do you, do you think this is work? Like this is kind of what we've been trained to to think in the world sure. of pro wrestling is like, oh, is it a work? Is it a work? And you know, once things progressed, it was very clearly that it wasn't. My immediate reaction was no because there was eight minutes of TV time left. 
Like you're probably not doing this like referee stoppage finish with this much time remaining. And then when they cut to Taz, who looked very concerned, they wouldn't go back to the ring with everything. Like then it became even more obvious. Like, yeah, this ain't part, this ain't part of things here. But I understand people who, when it happened, they're like, oh, do you think it's a work? Do you think it's a work? I hope by the time it was over, everyone was like, ain't no way that this was a work. And I'm sure there were still some bad. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bad faith people out there who are like, oh, that it's still, he's fine, he's fine, because they're just fucking morons. It was very obvious that it wasn't. And yeah, best wishes to, to Hangman. It does seem like he's a conspiracy. Take all the time you need to. Concussions are a very tricky thing. Some guys can come back from them in like a week, and it's fine. I mean, look, Danielson and Cole are two situations right there they got it danielson got injured at anarchy in the arena at double or nothing and then like a month later cole got hurt danielson was back within like a month or so cole hasn't been seen since june so very tricky things uh when it when it comes to concussions and how they work whatever however long hangman needs to take to be right i hope he takes that time yeah absolutely absolutely thoughts to hangman Hope he gets back soon, gets back healthy, comes back better than ever. Um, like I said, seems like a good guy, and he's a fantastic professional wrestler. One of the yes. one of the, if not the best built person AEW has had since their inception, as far as like a guy who like most of the mainstream audience wasn't familiar with that is viewed at the same level as like the Danielsons and Omegas of the world now, which I think is just it's a testament to AEW's booking, but it's also a major testament to, to just hangman. So so yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to his return. Move on to the WWE spotlight. Want to be a professional wrestler, or do you want to be a WWE superstar? You know, WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. Three of Vince McMahon's favorite WWE superstars are in our spotlight this week. Steven Jensen, JBL. Is back on television. He was back like a month ago, his limo and his voice were. And then he said, what happened to you, Happy Corbin? Get in. And so Happy Corbin got in, and then we didn't see him for a month. He was back on Raw wearing, I looked like a loincloth because of these flesh-colored <laughs> things. Like, like what is what what is Corbin wearing? JBL is wearing Jenko shorts, uh, pants, yeah. as you pointed out. Like, yes. it's oversized Jinko. shorts. JBL's back. He's got Corbin. Corbin has, I guess, a new edge to him. Not that edge, different edge. You think uh, you know? He's him. the modern day wrestling god. What What do you think of this? Corbin? Corbin okay, Jackson. so here's the thing. I'm glad you told me about because I had no 
either no recollection or anything of the previous encounter between Corbin neither and JBL. Neither did I until I had to write a story so, about it. Oh, there you go. Um, so, but, but, you know, also, so there's a couple things about this. The first one is it was a trade. JB, or sorry, Baron Corbin for, for Rey Mysterio. That's not a fair trade. I'll just say that right <laughs> off the top. Like, okay, but here's I, the thing. Here's the thing. Ray was disgruntled on Raw. He lowered his own value by threatening to quit. Like, when that happens, you're just not going to get as much as in return. Like, it hurt Raw. It hurt the Raw GM, whoever that is, the anonymous Raw GM, that Ray basically, he was threatening to quit. This is a a Kyrie Irving situation here. He wasn't going to play. So in that case, also the contract disparity. Like, I don't know how the salary cap is working here. There's a lot to take in on this. But Ray hurt his own trade value by threatening to quit. This is Ray's fault. Ray's being a little bitch throughout all this, by the oh, way. Just punch okay. your son in the face. Your fun, your son is being a dick. Just smack the shit out of him. There, there you go. See, Jeremy's very passionate about the subject. I, I, trades uh, my shit. That's yeah, my that's shit true. Right that's true. That's true. This, this is your real house. <laughs> I, um, yeah, but, but so, so I was just going to say the trade itself. Okay. From, if we're looking at just like a one for one trade of like, career versus career like that's kind of what i'm saying but i under i understand your your line of thinking as well now when it comes to jbl though himself which is like actually really more so the spotlight i wanted to talk about um yes jinko jeans for life um i have not put on a pair of those in like 20 something years but i used to rock the hell out of them um jbl on the show I thought it was really, 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 really well done. Like, I think he fits in really well for what Raw is right now. And I'm not, like, the biggest JBL fan. Um, I lived through his title run that seemed to last forever on SmackDown back in the day. Um, he was kind of like the original Jinder Mahal for me of, like, a guy who was just like, wait, wait a second, wait, Bradshaw's a champion now? Like, how did that happen? You know what I mean? Like in the same thing with like Jinder Mahal, like no build, just the champion, you know, like how this happened? How, why, why are we doing this? Um, but JBL in today's climate, if they can keep, and especially with, with today's management, Triple H and everyone being in charge now, Road Dog, I guess on Monday, but dude, if he can keep cutting these kind of promos and keep, talk, keep talking the way he's talking right now, I think this is really, really smart. Because he cut that's like great promo in my opinion about Dolph Ziggler and whether or not he would have fit in the Attitude Era and Baron Corbin not having to grind the Indies a bunch all these losers on the Indies that are that are playing in the minor leagues for all these years nobody cares guys like himself and Baron Corbin jump the line and just go to the pros like I thought it was really good and then if they need to keep putting JBL on commentary during Baron Corbin's matches like I don't necessarily need JBL as like a permanent commentator a commentator on Raw but if he's there specifically to hype up Baron Corbin during his matches. I actually think he fits in really well in, in today's current WWE climate personally. Um, how, how do you feel? Cause honestly, when I first saw JBL, I was like, I thought this was supposed to be like, people were talking about WWE being good again, and like JBL's back. And then I was like, actually this, this is actually, I'm still not the biggest Corbin guy, but like, I really think I, JBL as a manager, I think is very, very smart. JBL cut the same promo Corbin was cutting at NXT where he was railing against indie darlings and like, yeah, I didn't do that shit. I was just an athlete who was in football and beat people up. Like that's how you do this. 
I don't have use for JBL in 2022. I really don't. Him him on commentary, he kept calling Kevin Patrick Shamrock. Like, all right, we get <laughs> yeah. it. We get it, man. I, yeah, JBL's great on Raw because Raw's three hours and JBL can fill 20 minutes of that just repeating the same lines over and over again. I think JBL's run with the title was, it was certainly better than Jinder Mahal. Like, he actually oh, had I- it. It was largely I Eddie Guerrero totally carrying did. things, uh, but the wrestling god stuff kind of got over, and it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I don't have a use for it in 2022. And Corbin, like I actually, I'm higher on Corbin than, than most people. Like he's a good wrestler. Uh, he's just been like kind of shoved a little too much and put in positions that he probably didn't need to be in. But he gets it, uh, and I, I think he's a good worker as well. I don't have much use for all of this. It's like, all right, cool. You're facing Dolph Ziggler, who has been in the company. Ziggler, again, great worker. Been there for like 20 years and just kind of in the same position right now. Just feel we can do different things with with, with different people. Give, give me more Mustafa Ali. That, that's, that, that was good shit on Raw. Less JBL. Corbin's like fine. More Mustafa Ali. I'm I'm happy that they they've done something with Ali and him going after Rollins now. Like that's something that's good. But JBL, you're much higher on this. Hey, no, I, I yeah, I, I like it. I think it, I think I think it works because once again, here's the thing. I'm not. I don't I don't dislike Baron Corbin. I'm not like one of, like a Baron Corbin hater, but I just feel, like you said, he's been put in like very uh like lose lose situations a lot in the company. Like him having to be the guy to beat Angle in his last match. I think like he took heat for that, that he shouldn't have, have needed to. Um, Remember, remember when the whole McMahon family came out to the ring and was like, explaining, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is like, Baron Corbin, you fucking suck at your job. (laughs) And you're the reason ratings are terrible, but don't worry, everybody. We're going to pick things back up. And, you know, it only took Vince stepping down as CEO for things to to pick back up and for Triple H to have a new surprise return every single week for for things to pick back up. But in the end, they delivered. But, yeah, Corbin, it was all his damn fault, dressing like an Applebee's waiter. Yeah, true. Yeah, that was so funny how they positioned that, too, because it was like the McMahon family is addressing the fans in, like, Twitter and and the the IWC right now and, like, telling us that they're listening to us and things are going to change and get better and the – and they're taking accountability and saying like the product hasn't been very good and the ratings have been low. And then they're like, and it's all because of Baron Corbin. And I'm like, Oh no, they're putting this on Baron as a storyline. Like you gotta be kidding me. Um, but yeah, so he's been in these weird situations, all the gimmick changes and, and stuff. But, um, but you know, I think that once again, I think JBL as a manager is is actually going to work really well if he can continue to to cut the kind of promos he cut on Monday. I think it's going to work out well. Uh, Caden says, "Oh, you sucks. Go Longhorns, forty nine and oh. As long as they're having a good time, Caden." Kate says, "And the trades are going to hate, 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 hate. New Taylor Swift album at midnight tonight. That's really the most important thing in the entire world. Wrestling is stupid, but in just over 12 hours, new Taylor Swift album. No one bothered me tomorrow. All right. Wrestling does not exist tomorrow. It is all about the Taylor Swift album. Right now, we got to keep talking about wrestling. My spotlight is Austin Theory showing up at the end of NXT, holding up his briefcase, teasing that he might cash in on the NXT championship, which is currently held by Braun Breaker. 
Braun has to defend the title against Ilya Dragunov and JD McDon't Google me on Saturday at NXT Halloween Havoc. I like this pivot here from, from Triple H and company to maybe put Theory back in NXT and T's going after there because he ain't beating Roman. That just, that shit ain't happening. But you do this with Braun Breaker, fine. He can have the NXT title. Maybe it boosts something. I'm not super high on Austin Theory. At least, at least it gets him off of the, the main roster and Roman. Though I do like the bit of him trying to cash in every single show with Roman and just getting his ass kicked every single, that's a great fucking bit. I actually hope that continues. He tries to cash in uh, on Saturday and Rick Steiner, no, fuck that. Scott Steiner comes out, just levels, levels his ass with a pipe or something, just beats the shit out of him. That's what we need on Saturday. Scott Steiner kicking the shit out of Austin Theory. What do you think of Theory teasing the cash in in NXT? I think it, like like you said, I think it makes a lot more sense to do it there than, uh, like, I mean, he's not going to be the one to beat Roman. That's going to be reserved, hopefully, like I've said for so long, hopefully that'll be reserved for Cody. But if not, like, you know, there's other options, I guess, like, depending on how this goes with Bray Wyatt and stuff. Although I don't think he needs the title, but that my, my point is, I don't think Austin Theory is, is in the same, in the same league right now as those other guys. Like, as far as like fan perception and all that stuff, like it, so it would make a lot more sense for him to, to do that in NXT. And it also is, would be the first time we saw the, uh, the cash in for the NXT title, um, which is at least something different. Um, did, uh, I, I'm a little behind. Did, uh, did Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker already wrestle? Yes. You're very behind. I, okay. I need, I need to, well, I'm, I'm all screwed up because I watched the, uh, I watched level up weekly. But then I'll randomly see that like certain things are happening on NXT, or I'll read the spoilers. Um, wait, how long ago did, did Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker wrestle each other? That was at Worlds Collide, um, which was September. oh, that was on the same day as the wasn't that on the same day as like was yeah. there AEW that day? Yeah, yeah, and stuff. That was, okay, that that's was right. Big, that was the big wrestling weekend of Clash. Never of mind, Castle. I did watch that. I watched it afterwards, though. That's right, I got caught up on that afterwards. So he's wrestling Dragon Ball yeah, he's facing yeah, okay. he's facing Dragunov and McDonough. That should be I like how good. you watch level up, but can't be can't be bothered to watch like main Well, I mean, I'm, I'm it's part of my requirement for uh the weekender. I it's part of our that. guy, our guy Quincy Elliott hosting Halloween Havoc with Shotzi on Saturday. Yeah, I've been on the train since before Quincy was doing whatever he's doing now, and I love Quincy. I'm I'm a big fan of this the super diva. Um, and like my, I do, I like level up. I, I've talked about it a lot. It's very different, obviously, than the majority of the wrestling I watch on like the Indies and stuff. But like, like there's this guy, uh, Miles is a Miles Born, I believe yeah, his name Miles is. Who's who's death? That that guy is gonna be a massive star, I think, for that company. He's, he's like super. He's like a good looking guy, getting better in the ring, and he cuts a he gets a good promo. Like, and I think people are gonna get really behind him. Um, so like, there's actually like really good stuff going on on that show. I think for like potentially for the future of the company and stuff, but like, but yes, no, you're right. Like I, I rarely, I rarely watch NXT on Tuesdays, but I watch level up every week to review it for the weekender. So my, my NXT radar right now is just like very all over the place. And I used NXT. to cover NXT UK weekly too, but that's on break right now. So I'm, I'm, you know, that's a little well, bit off. Also. Well, what's, well, 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 NXT Europe is hopefully returning, but allegedly, yes, I know what you mean. Let's, yeah. Allegedly. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Um, I mean, Graham yeah. B. Yeah, he's deaf. He's uh, yeah. Miles is deaf. Yeah. 
which I don't know right. if I've ever seen. Like like in in the UFC, I remember Matt Hamill, Matt Hamill. Yeah. and that was that was pretty awesome. I remember him beating Tito Ortiz and that being like a big deal and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is it's kind of a cool opportunity for uh to like really like Matt Hamill. Know, also, Stephen Jensen, you'll know this as well. Matt Hamill, the only man to defeat John Jones. Yeah, yeah, because of getting hit by elbows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think it's I think it's dope what they're doing with him. Because um, because here's the thing, it's not just him specifically. Like the trajectory of what they're doing with people that they see potential in, I think they do it the right way. Like they go out there and they they lose week after week and then they start getting a little bit better and their move set starts kind of getting a little bit better and start random would start start picking up some wins and start getting some momentum and then see if it translates over to nxt and then eventually raw or smackdown like it's it's a good way to get reps in for people that don't have a lot of indie experience so watch nxt level up don't watch nxt is what steven <laughs> especially if austin theory is going to be the champion so yeah there you go one here that's i guess to the to the topic like I don't know if I would even have Austin Theory beat Braun Breaker, but I mean, if 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 he's going to, it would make sense if they're going to bring Breaker to Raw or SmackDown soon. Um, and I do think they need to lean more into the signer thing. I I know that he wants to do it on his own and all this stuff, but for like the WWE universe, especially the long term fans, I know there's a lot of like kid fans and stuff that weren't around for the signers, but like it would be just badass at least once to see Braun walk out there with the Steiner brothers. Like, give me at least give us that, you know. Like Rick's, Rick's been on TV. He's been kidnapped no, I, before. No, I know, I know, but I'm talking like a like a proper like he comes out with like both them, like Rick's in like the headgear and like like it's like he comes out with like the, like the Steiner Bros. Like that would be that'd be sick. Um, but anyways, Scott, and it's very possible too. It's very possible for both guys. I mean, Scott should beat the shit out of Austin Theory at Halloween Havoc. Is all I'm saying. That's all I want. I don't ask for a whole lot. If it's Rick, I'll take that as well. But it, it should be Scott because Scott will probably lay it in a whole. I mean, both of them probably will. Well, as long as Austin Theory gets his ass kicked, that's that's the point of all this. And you never, you you always have the opportunity to see maybe just like a, a random Frankensteiner out of out of Scott too. Just just, just pop a Frankensteiner. If on that man can do that now, like bless him. I don't know the last time he did. I remember when he busted out on Samoa Joe. Yeah, and like that felt like a big deal, and that was like two decades ago. I feel like so. When people don't realize, like he, I don't know if he was the first guy to do all these moves, but he was like the innovator of like the 450 splash off the top rope, and like, and the Frankensteiner was his, and uh, I've seen him do a lot of stuff. Steiner screwdriver to Austin Theory. That's such a sick move, dude. Honestly, Scott Steiner, like throughout, like if you look at his whole career from like start to finish. And you kind of piece together his like move sets from over the years and create like an ultimate move set of like all of his like former finishing moves and stuff because he changed it up so much throughout the years. That dude's move set, his move set is sick. Like he, the, he has the Steiner line, which is clothesline, like their clothesline. That was always my favorite clothesline. Like it, it yeah. Moved. And then yeah, I mean people have seen people have seen like clips and stuff. Them just like tossing jobbers around was 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 so great. It was, it was real. Super, like they yeah. were literally just messing people up in there. But that was that's what it was back in the day. It was like you're a jobber for like that's your role on the show. Is like you come in knowing like you're coming in to get beat up by the Steiner Bros. But like they're honestly now now people get yeah. mad if you do that stuff on Twitter. They get mad if you start tossing people around too much. It's true. And if that's you're very women. true. Yeah. 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 That's a whole other topic. 
But um, ain't getting into yeah. that. I'm st- I stayed out yeah. of that for a reason. This bad faith arguments there and yep. just idiotic people to, talking to, about that stuff. To put a bow on the topic, do you think that Braun Breaker? Do you think that um Austin Theory cashes in and wins that IC title? I don't know if it happens at Halloween Havoc. I do think he he gets the NXT title or. I'll, I'll I'll be bold and say yeah he gets the NXT title he doesn't get the WWE title out of out of his cash in but I, I think he gets because I think they want to get that briefcase off of him at this point like they he does it's just hanging around I don't think they have like real big plans for him certainly not the plans that Vince seemingly had for him I, I still say, just that was like, like a Vince that was yeah. like a Vince move sorry you froze for a second I didn't mean to cut you off but that 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 um that's uh. That yeah, that seems like a lingering Vince move. Most of the most of the Vince moves, like you could just kind of pivot and change immediately. But Austin Theory has something that like could potentially last an entire year in his hand, so they need to figure out a way around it. So yeah, I'm with you. Somebody should just steal it. He could lose. He could honestly just lose it to somebody. They did that the one of the first Otis. times when Kennedy had it, and he just he just lost it. That too. Yeah, Kennedy just and put, Otis. Yeah, put the put the briefcase on the line and just just lose it. Like, or yeah, just keep keep having him get beat up every single time he tries to cash in and then it eventually expires and he never gets to cash in. I think that's the best dude, possible outcome. Dude, the Kennedy one was, that was so bizarre. Like he went down with that injury with the briefcase and they thought he was going to be out for like a year or something. And he, and he was, and he, they, he dropped the briefcase. And he was back in like three weeks or something. It was like, Oh my God, they totally dropped. They totally dropped the ball on this. Um, Anyways. Yep. I think theory will probably win the title too. Move on to our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Straight up the middle with Impact Wrestling. Frankie Gazarian cashes in. Option C relinquishes the X Division Championship. He's going to face the champion Josh Alexander coming up at the next show. Jensen, we've talked about this before, of how Impact is relying on a lot of the, the older guys. We, we've seen Josh Alexander face Eddie Edwards, Chris Sabin. Alex Shelley, Eric Young, and now it gets Kazarian. Do they know like they can book people who weren't like former Impact champions like in this spot and, and give other talent an opportunity here? I think it's a bad look that Kazarian wins the title and it's just immediately like, oh, it's good for Kazarian. And then just like cash it in and he's going to get a shot. He's probably going to lose to Alexander. And now we just have a vacant X Division championship. And I not a fan of this. Just not a fan of this. Yeah, I'm with you. And especially because it it ended the reign of Speedball Mike Bailey, who was having a great run with the Exhibition title. So it just like it, it it was like a double-edged sword here. Like it ended that run and also now we're in a position where like I mean to your first point though, like that is the game that is the story, obviously, is that he he is beating a bunch of former impact champions and stuff. Like I get that, but like that it, it is just it sends a weird message i've said it before but like to bring kazarian in and to bring bully ray in and to like prioritize them over guys like trey miguel ace austin and chris bay who weren't even on bound for glory at all um like that's that's what's kind of strange to me and you i mean you could easily just have booked this and promoted it like if you want to do kazarian versus alexander at like the next impact plus show or something maybe that's where they're going to wind up doing this match. Um, I think, I don't know if that's been announced or yet or not, or if I'm just speculating on that, but like um, they could have easily just been like, 
this is impact versus AEW. Like an AEW star came over, former X Division champion, one night only wrestles Josh Alexander for the title and just have him have a match. You don't have to, you don't have to involve the the X Division title or option C at all for them just to do this match just as a one off. Right, like Speedball was on such a good run, and then for yeah. his run to end to Frankie Kazarian, like Kazarian, he's a great wrestler and can still go and everything. But the person who beat Speedball should have been elevated with the X Division, and then Speedball should have been elevated up to the world title. And instead, the person who beat Speedball is Kazarian, and then he is immediately like, "Yeah, I just want my my world title shot." I don't like it. Yeah. No, I agree. And and, it's, and now we're in a situation where like all those guys like uh, Trey Miguel and Speedball and those guys, now they're going to have to go through a tournament to crown a new champion for the vacant title. And, and if Speedball winds up winning it again, like that's cool, but it's just going to, it's just weird for like history's sake that like he has this gap of like not being the champion. It just kind of muddies it a little bit. I think obviously Speedball is going to be fine. Like he's an incredible performer. And I like the way that they had him react to it where, um, him and Kaz talk to each other in like the parking lot and speedball is just the ultimate white meat baby face. I mean, but it works so well for him. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I but I, I agree with you hundred percent. Like I don't necessarily have an issue with doing Kaz versus Alexander. Cause I think the match will be good. And, you know, yeah. assuming it's on impact plus um, like that's fine. But then I'm, but then it's concerning. Cause it's like, are we leading to the next pay-per-view? I think it's hard to kill here in Atlanta, which I'll probably be at. And it's like, is that going to be Bully Ray and, and Alexander? And if so, like, it just kind of, I'm sure these will still be good. Alexander's fantastic. And I think Bully Ray and him will probably have a better match than what we're expecting. But like, they, they, it's like Alexander is just putting on banger after banger after banger for all his title defenses. And I don't want to see people like lose interest because like, it's like, it's like just Kaz doing this or like, they have no interest in Bully Ray. So they're not going to like really tune in. When once again, you have this roster where you could have easily elevated like an Ace Austin over the last few months. And now it's like, boom, you got Ace Austin versus uh, versus Josh Alexander for the world title on pay-per-view. And I think that's like something the fan base could really sink their teeth into. Um, and once again, Ace Austin is the only isn't the only example of this. They have they have a whole roster of young talent, men and women, by the way, and non-binary. They, they literally have like. You know, like if they if they like they could put Masha Slamovich in the spot if they want to. They could put Jordan Grace in the spot. They can put um Gianna Perrazzo in this spot. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many options outside of bringing in Kaz and Bully Ray. So I'm with you. Jensen, they have a match tonight. It's Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer against Ace mm-hmm. Austin and Chris, Chris Bay. Bay. Yeah. I didn't read the spoilers, but given that Bully Ray is about to challenge for the title at some point, I assume relatively soon since he won that gauntlet, I can take a guess at who won this match. It is 2022. ECW is dead. Knock it the fuck off. Yeah, it's really sad to say because, like, we both grew up on ECW. So, like, but it's true. Like, it's it's how many times? Are we gonna like try to like scrape you know more relevancy out of a brand that's been gone for 20 years that the majority of the fan base at this point wasn't even alive for probably um and i'm, I'm gonna right? reference ecw later on when we get to our our indie spotlight but i'm gonna reference it in a good way of yeah. how it can be done in 2022 by not using actual people who are in ecw 
Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there are people carrying that flag. Yes. Obviously, Mance being a good example, Matthew Justice, SGC, those guys. I mean, they literally come out to Pantera's walk, like RVD style and all. I mean, they've they've had Bill Alfonso, Bill Alfonso as their manager and stuff. I mean, like there there is cool things you can still do that like pay homage to ECW, but like not to putting see, it in your world title program is not a cool thing to do in 2022 when it's like the last time the fans saw dreamer was pretty much like him getting ddt by raven and stuff it's just like you know yeah no i'm with you i don't i don't think that they're once again it's the double-edged sword of like not only it's bad enough that like these are the the people they're they're i mean he's like i don't have anything against kaz it's just there's no real buzz about doing stuff like this and it hurts the exhibition title and speedball at the same time it's 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 the double combo of like you're bringing in bully ray which people are not excited about and also what are you doing with all these other people like you're giving him a push but what's going on with all these other people like hey shout out to chris bay for re-signing though good for him i hope he got like you know a good a good situation there an impact and i'm happy for him but like i hope that came along with some sort of some sort of promise of some kind that they're going to do something with him but like got extra got extra money to, for doing the job the bully ray is like oh sure I'll, I'll take the extra cash if you're gonna <laughs> if that's what i gotta do yeah uh your other spotlight steven jensen was penta el cerro Miedo, penta el zero m pentagon jr feeding villano four in a, in a mask versus mask match at triple mania over the weekend there's the very it's such a great shot of yeah. Penta holding the mask, like a bloody Penta holding the mask. As far as the actual match goes, these guys were just kicking the shit out of each other, going through tables, using chairs, using cookie sheets and whatnot during the match. Uh, a lot of like slaps and super kicks and everything, but some some good spots in it. And in the end, Penta gets the victory. Penta rules in AAA. I mean, Penta rules like in general, but the presentation of him in AAA compared to like AEW is it i thought when penta came into AEW, i'd only been familiar with his work uh from lucha underground and he was like the biggest star in lucha yeah. underground his presentation was fantastic like it was just awesome and then he came to AEW, and it was like fine but he was just like the saramato guy and that was like it and that's kind of continued and he's done some cool stuff and whatnot but man this this was a this is a fun ending. The only thing I didn't like, or this is a fun uh, ending to Triple Mania. The only thing I didn't like about it was they do that wide shot so often to get like the sponsor on the screen that got annoying. What do you think of fair. this match? And then Villano losing the mask that he'll probably put back on in like a week. So I th- I thought it was cool. Like I I liked the match. Um, you know, like you said, like I I, I thought that Pentagon in in Lucha Underground was fantastic like they did such a good job like building his kind of like run to getting the championship and he was the most over guy in that company and they protected him so well um and then like an impact you know they they pushed him heavily but he wasn't there very long and um and same with AEW. like i i'm with you there too like he's a big star there but i feel like he could have been a lot bigger he it my thing my issue with penna with penna is the he does the the Saramato thing way too often. Like it just like gets annoying after a while for me. I wish he would just do it less. And like especially when he's about to do a move, how often is he about to hit someone with like a package pile driver and he stops to just like do this thing and then gets reversed? Like I just it just makes him look stupid. But in this kind of scenario, 
I thought it was amazing. Like the auto four, dude, I remember watching that guy in WCW. It's like, that's so crazy to me, but like these guys are still doing this and like, haven't revealed their identities for all these years. And like, you know, now you get to see something like that, which I think I thought was cool. You know, Vianna takes his mask off. He's got the whole, like the dusty road style, you know, uh, Abdul the butcher type, you know, uh, forehead cuts all over his forehead. And there was the visual, like you said, of Pentagon just bleeding all over the place and holding Vianna's mask up. And, and I like the, the story of the match too, because uh, Pentagon kept working the arm and by the end of the match, like he, he did like that penalty kick, just like the straight punt kick to, uh, to Viano's head and then hit him with the, uh, the arm breaker that he does. And Viano just like, there was nothing left and same for Pentagon. He literally just like rolled across his body for the pin. And it was a very emotional moment too. The fans were very into this, the other Viano's in the ring and, and like crying all together and cheering. And it's such a huge thing for these luchadors, especially someone like Viano who's had a career that spanned, what probably 40 50 years I, I don't know how old he is but you feel like he's been around for absolutely forever so like for him to conceal his identity for so long what his face looks like and then to show it like that it's like it's such, such a huge deal in that culture especially but like you know so it's uh but anyway i thought i thought it's really thought it was worth mentioning we don't talk about triple a or triple a very often on this show and uh triple mania is obviously their big show and uh something really big happened in the main event i thought the actual show itself was a lot of fun by the way like there was only like five or six matches or something, but like they gave them a lot of time and they did all the crazy Lucha stuff. You'd expect to see in triple a and the women's stuff was good. The men's stuff was good. Like it was all, it was, it was a, it was a good show. Um, and I thought the main event, the story they told and the, the unmasking was, uh, was really well done. And shout out to Denise Salcedo, who was yes. there at yes. triple mania doing backstage interviews and everything. Denise, the hardest working person in this business. Uh, I'm still going to fight her at some point, but Denise is, Denise is great. Uh, and looked like she had a good time uh, at triple, at triple A and everything. But yeah, I, I thought the, the match was, was really good. And if you're only familiar with Penta, like in an AEW setting, uh, you know, check out some of his triple A stuff, check out some of his work elsewhere, because it's a, there are obviously a lot of similarities, but it's a different vibe. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details from Penta when he's working these kind of matches against somebody like uh Villano and yeah, the, the, the emotional moment where he finally unmasked and everything. I always like in these mask versus mask matches, at least for the most part, like they, they're always tearing at the mask anyway. So the mask guy sort of comes off during the match anyway. And then of course they got to take it off at the end. Uh, but I thought it was a really, a really good match. And then yeah, the moment afterwards and with him actually taking it off and, Penta holding the mask up and everything. Just good stuff. Triple Mania is always like a, a big, it's their biggest show. And they did like three shows, tri- three Triple Mania shows this year. And this is, it's always a, a huge production, but it's a fun time if you're, if you're not familiar with Triple, Triple A. And I can't say like I watch everything, but I will watch their, their big matches and their big shows. For sure. I'm, I'm in the same boat and uh, yeah, pretty iconic moment. Um, actually, that's a kind of a really good segue. Iconic moment. 
We might be talking about... give a big motherfucking shout out. Sorry to cut you off there, but no, you did segue. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, did, I did. did Go segue it well. Indie Spotlight, that's in your Indie Spotlight this week, is the Iconic Championship, the Battle Slam, Iconic World Championship. Baron Black is going to defend that thing against Speedball Mike Bailey. I assume you're going to be there, Stephen Jensen. And this is a big match for Baron Black, who we know is a good wrestler, but now he gets to test himself against what many consider maybe the wrestler of the year. Yeah, yeah, I've said that a lot this year. And I mean, we're almost to November now, and I stand by that. Um, if Speedball was doing what he was doing on like a mainstream company, like in an AEW or WWE, um, I think it'd be like almost like unquestionable. But, you know, if you take his body of work and put it up against anybody else's for the last year and look at it strictly like the matches, I think, yeah, I think he really is in a conversation along with everyone else right now. Um, or sorry, along with anyone else right now that's at like that super high level. Um, and yes, the Battle Slam Icon World Championship will be on the line. I will be there in person. I will do my best as I always do to try to get y'all some audio interviews when I'm there. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you I'll talk to Baron Black. I'll, I'll talk to him at pretty much every show that I go to unless, see the thing with Baron is like, after the show, because he's running the shows, he has so much he has to do between like breaking the ring down and like, you know, you know, touching base with all these other people that working that night and people at the venue. And the, so it, it really depends. Sometimes you can get to me right away. And sometimes it takes a minute. Either way, I try to get y'all something while I'm there. I see other wrestlers there and, um, and I'll, I'll get y'all something, but I was able to interview Baron Black right after he won that, that icon world championship, um, at the last paddle slam show. And, uh, and I had no idea who his first title defense was going to be, but he was teasing to me that it was going to be something big. And this, this is huge. And I'm stoked that I get to see this live. Like, I don't think I've ever seen, I don't think I've ever seen speedball live in person before, actually, now that I think about it. So, um, cause he was, he was, he was out of the U S for, so, for yeah. so long. Um, so, so yeah, I, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this. I think Baron is, uh, is really doing a good thing with battle slam and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm really, really looking forward to this match. The whole, the whole show is sick. Like you sent me the card the other day. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and there, there's a lot of talent on these shows that I want to get on, on the spotlight too. We've talked about getting a few of these people on soon, but, um, I won't go through the whole show because we will we'll do that once we get a little bit closer. That's going to be coming up on the 30th. So we'll probably talk about that like next week on the show or maybe the following week. But um, but yeah, shout out to Baron Black and uh, and Speedball Mike Bailey. I'm really, really looking forward to that title match. And yes, I do plan on being there live. And I, I saw, I think Caden asked earlier in the chat, I, I will most likely be at Hard to Kill also. Um, I just got to kind of make sure about that because that's in like the middle of uh of january but um but yeah how would you how do you feel about this man i mean this is pretty badass baron black and in speedball that's a that's a great matchup well first kai says have you considered doing a vlog steven no not really to be honest you gotta win um, the gopro from dave and busters and then you could just vlog everything something like that i think i will like, like at dave and busters might be kind of fun but honestly like i'm i'm really low-key like when it comes to like social media and stuff, like, you know, I have my Twitter and that's usually where I'm like kind of conversing with people. Um, there's like a small amount of people that have like my Facebook and I very rarely am on that. And then there's like 
kind of the peripheral apps that I might use specifically to just interact with a few people. But like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the type who takes a lot of selfies or like wants to really be on camera too much. As strange as that sounds, considering I'm on camera on this and stuff, but this is different. I'm talking about wrestling. It's even the thing too. Like even with like my social media and stuff, like I very, very rarely ever talk about politics or like, or like really uh, divisive topics or stuff like that. Because I feel like that's not why people would be interested in hearing me talk about wrestling. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, you know what I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, so I was reading to a vlog it just seems kind of like this isn't against people who do it, but I, I it feels kind of egotistical. Like I don't feel like I'm important enough that like people wow. need to see my day to day life, you know. And I kind of like to keep that private, anyways. Like when I'm dating somebody or something. Oh, there you go. When I'm dating people and stuff, like I rarely even say anything about it until it's like something like really serious. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm pretty private with most of my private life. Um, I love this graphic, by the way. This Stephen Jensen addresses his enemies graphic. This is just, I love this. It gets busted this. out on the the special occasions when you're shooting on how vlog people are egotistical. So please tell me how Sammy Guevara, uh, Evil Uno, Ethan Page, who else has a vlog? Oscar, no, so, I think, had a vlog at one okay. point. All these but egotistical my, listen, wrestlers. My point, well, you gotta, you gotta under, you gotta, you gotta highlight or spotlight what part of what I just said though. There, I said I don't feel like I'm important enough that people would want to me to document my life like that. Those people, I think, have a big enough, you know, there's enough people that really are interested for me to be walking around like talking about what I'm eating for dinner and stuff for like ten people to be like, oh, cool, like that just seems like kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, but, but, uh. But if you're but if you're a pro wrestler, you already have like a pretty big ego just by default, right? Like to even get into that business. So it would make sense you'd want to be on camera all the time and stuff. But like, yeah, for me, that's just not maybe I'll do some sort of like toy hunting vlog or something like that. Maybe like a Dave and Buster's thing every now and then. But I would never be the kind of person that's like walking around with like a selfie stick, like just like walking around like I like streaming IRL or something like that, if that makes sense. You should do a toy hunt vlog. I feel like that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll do something like that. This is tripping me out seeing my face just like still like, just in front of me while I'm talking. <laughs> Take it off. There we go. Yeah, Steven Jensen hates vlogs, and everybody who does vlog hates all of you. Brian Danielson's right. Vlogs are fucking stupid. Kick more heads in. Put the camera down and kick heads in instead of vlogging everything. There you next go. Time, next time you next time you come to Ohio, uh, we'll go to that. We'll go to the place that I showed you. We'll do a toy hunt vlog from there. Right. See, that would actually be really good because that place has so much stuff like that. Yeah, that would actually I mean, I have to drive there because I'm never getting on an airplane ever again in my rest of my life. But anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Um, Want to want to get into the next uh, next topic also, but, but I'll put a bow on this one as well. Watch Battle Slam when it drops. Um, I'm hoping it's live on Fight TV. I don't know for sure yet if it is or not. But once again, I'll be there live. And um, I highly recommend checking it out. I think that they put on a really good product. It's something different. It's something that I think is like, it, there is a good like space for it in the wrestling, uh, you know, uh, landscape. And uh, I think they've been really, really solid shows. I think their last show was their best show they've done so far. I think they're increasingly getting better and better each show. And, um, and I think Baron Black versus Speedball is like definitely, if for no other reason, like that I think is a pretty good selling point to check it out. So uh, support Battle Slam. Definitely support Battle Slam. I am looking forward to Baron Black against uh, Speedball. 
and we'll have results. Jensen will, and he should be there. He'll have interviews. We'll have coverage of, of those as well. So yeah, should be should be a good good time. And I look forward to hearing your story, your vlog from Battle Slam, mm-hmm. Jensen. Uh, my indie spotlight is uh, Channing Decker against Mance Warner from Greek Town this past week. This aired on on Fight TV. Fight TV has this new bundle where you get some some matches, like some weekly events or monthly events, both. Uh, mon- a monthly package that are free as part of this uh, nowadays. Fight TV hooks hook us hook us brothers up. Hook some good brothers up with uh with the, this deal, the subscription deal. Dude, I did watch. I had I had the hook up there before they uh before they switched to Triller. When they when they started making changes, I lost my people there. But uh-huh. like, oh man, I had it for a while, man. Cass there was used a to have here. I, he I, does. I, well, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't talk about that. Oh, okay. He's got X date on that one. All right. He's, he's, no, no, no. He's he's still good. But oh, da, da, we don't oh I got to get his account info then. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but hook us up. What are we doing, <laughs> Fight TV? We cover all this stuff. Uh, but this from Greek Town. I thought this was great. And so I, I mentioned earlier, I was going to talk a little bit about ECW. So Bill Alfonso corners uh, Decker here. And it's full ECW vibe. They even got the uh, brick entrance way. Uh, for for the wrestlers to come out, Mance Warner, as you said, like had big ECW vibes about him. Alphonse Fonzie's holding up the chair like he would do for Sabu, holding up the chair like he would do for RBD, tossing chairs and everything, setting up tables, everything. A full just like classic ECW style brawl, but it wasn't with ECW people who were in the company twenty years ago. Uh, I I've not seen much of Channing. I didn't, I'm not too familiar with him. I know, know plenty about man. Seen, seen plenty of his work on, on the Indies and everything. But Channing came off really well here, held his own against Mance. I thought this was just a great, like old school style ECW kind of plunder. Brought. The fans were really into it as well. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. And then Wardlow comes out at the end and power bombs a bunch of people. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't seen Greek town, they did two shows this past week. Joel, Joel Pearl was there. Um, I think Mel Coleman Art was also there. Joel did an interview with Wardlow, but check out Greek Town. Support support the Canadians, maybe. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Most of them suck, but support some of the Canadians. Support Greek Town. For sure. And I need to see more of Chaney Decker myself. Um, very impressed by the guy. And yeah, I liked I liked this. Like you said, it was like an old ECW vibe. I really liked some of those spots where they like there was like a clothesline like over a uh or like a guardrail in the crowd, like to like the lower section and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. like Oh yeah. They fought yeah. up into the like upper deck and, and Mance is just tossing them off there. And Channy's doing like moonsaults <laughs> off the other. Like it, they did some crazy, crazy stuff in this match. Yeah. So that was good. And yeah, shout out, shout out Joel Pro. We'll put up, we'll put over Joel no. on the show. I, listen, I'm, I'm always so nice to Joel. Everyone else is always like, I mean, I know it's all in good fun, but I, I think it's cool that Joel that Joel is uh, starting to get more uh, more stuff like that going to shows and like getting interviews and stuff because I know how that feels like to to go up you know I, and I rarely have anything scheduled ahead of time I usually just see who's at the shows and just like kind of roll up on them and see if they want to do something on the spot but um, and I don't I don't come nearly as prepared because I don't have like a I don't know who he brings with him or or what but like it's cool that he gets to set up with like the the video and all that stuff whereas. I'm just like, I'll just try to get audio on my phone or something the fastest that I can. And just, you know, so I, I think it's cool that he's, that he's getting some, some uh, pretty high quality uh, video interviews and stuff like that going to these shows. That's great. So, uh, and Greek town's doing good stuff, man. Like that was a that, name value wise. That was a super stacked indie card. 
And they've been yeah. bringing in stuff like that, you know, like big names, um, really well-known mainstream, you know, wrestling names and stuff and mixing them in with their local talent and other indie talent and stuff. And Channing Decker, I, I believe Channing is from around there. I could be wrong, but yeah. I think he's local. Um, and that would make sense. Like have him go in there with Mance, tear the house down. Like he, he, they, if you want to make a star out of Channing and he's going to kind of be your guy, your homegrown kind of star out of that, out of Greek town, um, this is the way you do it. Like you keep putting him in there with like really well-established people and just have him keep holding his own over and over again. He'll, he'll organically get over and stay well, he, over. he faced Mance and then he faced uh, Brian Pillman Jr. The, right. the next night. Channing. Right. Yep. Joel, Joel so that makes sense. Yeah. So if you <laughs> haven't, if you haven't checked out the Greek town shows and if you haven't like checked out the, the new gimmick that fights doing where it's a, the subscription thing you get, it's largely a lot of MMA content but i know they are doing like like house of glory was, was part of the package and, and greek town's part of the package so they are like ramping up when it comes to like weekly wrestling events that aren't obviously you can still pay the the single for like the gcw events i don't think those are ever going to be part of this like subscription package but some other independent promotions are part of this package so fight tv is now doing again basically a subscription service similar to to an iwtv and high spots about to say like if you want a subscription based GCW product, you can watch the settlement series on IWTV. Use code Fight Talk F I G H T T L K. All is one word, no spaces. But I let IWTV know you found out about them through me. Appreciate that. But um, but th- those are very different GCW shows than like the yeah, traditional. They, are. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't they ain't your they had a spelling bee on the last one. They ain't they your big star GCW shows like you typically do. They they kind of focus on some other talent and just kind of do whatever the fuck they want because they are running shows out of obligation to, to, to IWTV. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're only doing the show because they are contractually obligated to to, to yeah. knock these things out. So you get you get GCW shows. Um, but they've actually been in inter- they've been fun for like what, what they need to be. Still got a lot of good talent on them and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I got to bounce out and clock in for my, uh, for my shoot job, y'all. Jensen, let everybody know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. You can use code fight talk. As I just mentioned on independent wrestling.tv. Really appreciate that. Um, make sure to, uh, subscribe right here. If you haven't already hit the like button, we appreciate all that stuff. And check out my show on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. Myself and Doug is called Live Rounds, and we are live usually for about two to two and a half hours talking about the whole world of pro wrestling. It's a lot of fun. Y'all might remember him from the RVD Tito for Life channel, which is where we still do the show. Um, but him, it was a Bill and Doug back in the day. Y'all might remember from uh, from the early OG uh, days of YouTube. And also make sure to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, check out the Spotlight. Or sorry, check out the Weekender um where i cover the world of indie wrestling and then some other kind of random stuff like nxt level up and nwa and that kind of stuff as well kind of the lesser covered stuff um in a lot of indies of course like i said from the fightful select weekend uh, podcast so subscribe to fightful select we appreciate that and also you know what i'll give you another plug on the way out here get some fightful merch there you go Fightful merch. I, I just got a just got a new beanie and a new hoodie. I've been wearing my own hoodie right now, but I've got a Fightful hoodie as well. Um, buy some Fightful merch. Support Fightful. They got some really cool stuff over there. I'm not wearing any Fightful. I'm wearing a Lemon Zawa hoodie. That's what that says. There you, go. there you go. And also, enjoy the interview, y'all. Um, it's me and Moe's. We're talking about KOBK, Die Young. It aired last night on IWTV or independentwrestling.tv, the platform we were just talking about. Um, 
me and him basically are previewing the show. So if you haven't seen the show yet, listen to this interview. You're going to get hyped up. We go through all the matches and highlight all the talent. And after this show ends, you can pop over to IWTV, pop in code Fight Talk, and watch the show. Enjoy it. Have you guys have a good day. There you go. Appreciate it, Steven Jensen. Enjoy, enjoy the shoot job. Good luck. Have fun. Guys, we will head over to the creator spotlight. There you go. There's the dad book. Uh, we head over to the creator spotlight. I was not part of this interview. Steven Jensen said he had no use for me and he did not and didn't want me on it. Moe's also said, I've talked to Jeremy. I don't, I don't like his line of questioning. He presses too hard. I was too much of a journalist for Moe's and he did not want me to be part of this interview. Um, I'm just kidding. I I could not make it. Uh, The the timing, the the scheduling uh, just didn't work out to where I was there. So Steven Jensen solo working with, with Moe's who has now been on the show three times, three time guest Moe's. He's a great guy. Go support what he's doing at KOBK. All his commentary work that he does on IWTV as well. Uh, Moe's is great. I hope everyone enjoys this interview with Moe's of KOBK. Welcome to the creator spotlight right here on the spotlight. I, as always, am Steven Jensen and usually I'm joined by Jeremy Lambert. Couldn't make it tonight to record this interview because this is being recorded on Tuesday, the 18th of October. And of course, there is AEW tonight as well as NXT. So the Fightful staff has to be, you know, a, vi- a busy night for the Fightful staff. And um, I was like, you know what? We still got to get most. I got to get most tonight because we oh, have yeah. KOBK, Guy Young, that's dropping at the time of us talking tomorrow. But you guys were all here at the morning after. So basically, the, the, the timing of this works perfect because the show is going to drop on IWTV Wednesday night. You're going to hear this Thursday morning. And you can watch the show right after you hear us talking about it. So please do. Yes, lines up perfect. Um, that's enough about that. I am joined, joined once again by a man that is very well known here on the spotlight, a multiple time guest. I think this is the, is this the third time we've had you on this show? I think, yeah. Alan Iverson yeah. three, I think. You're the first three, Pete. You're that, you're that, you're the Alex Cologne of, uh, let's um, go. There you go. Of the spotlight. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it's jumping Johnny Mosley, AKA Mose, AKA my friend, John Mosley. Welcome That's back. Right, man. How you been? Good man. Yeah. Happy to be back. Shout out Alex Cologne. Uh, always, uh, yeah, man, it's been been busy year. Uh, been a really good year coming off a busy weekend. Uh, our show Saturday, uh, action fair ish kind of show is that in the field Friday and then NGW Sunday. So yeah, it, uh, it's been a, like I just slept like all day yesterday. It was pretty pretty wicked. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, you got a lot going on. Obviously, if, if you don't know Mo's already, he is a commentator, a ring announcer, a promoter. Um, I don't even want to say a jack of all trades, more, more almost becoming more of a king of all trades than a lot of these things. Because we're seeing we're seeing this guy popping up on GCW doing big things, man. As you are you're rocking the GCW hat right now as we speak. Um, yeah. Before we get into KOBK and what you got coming up and what the fans can uh, can look forward to on IWTV, um, let the people know um, since the last time we talked, kind of some of your experiences. You know, working GCW, we had to, we had to see each other in person for the first time in forever in Atlanta, which yeah. was awesome. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so like, how how's it been? You know, doing some GCW shows, and um, I mean, you've been super busy, like working all over the place for a whole bunch of different companies since we last talked on here. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, staying busy. That was a, uh, a a pretty pretty crazy weekend. Um, I've actually done three 
three GCW shows, one being the uh, Settlement Series show in Chicago. Um, and then, of course, that weekend in uh, Charlotte and Atlanta back-to-back. It was really cool, man. Yeah, I got to see you. I've been forever. Uh, it was cool. got to commentate at center stage, which being obviously a big Southern wrestling fan, like that was really cool. I got to call matches for uh, not just uh, Brett Eisen, my boy, but also Sean Campbell, our young gun. Um, so it was it was really cool, man. Like that's definitely been a serious highlight of this year. It's been a great year. I'm going to do a couple more settlement series um, before the year's out. Maybe – some legit or i shouldn't say legit but just straight up gcw branded shows um we'll see man I, it, it was cool man it was cool uh, i gotta call some stuff with prazak um that was pretty wicked uh, i got to see that wild chicago weekend i got to go to those shows and just see friends like that was the coolest part about gcw is i've been really lucky to make some cool friends obviously in this business but a lot of them have really kind of transcended to that GCW roster. And when you're busy like that with those three letters, um, you don't do a ton of other shows. So I got to call matches for friends and just kind of kick it for a couple weekends with people. I don't, I don't get to see as much as I would like. <clears throat> yeah, man. That's awesome. Great stuff. It's always, it's always cool. Every time we talk on here, it's like new stuff going on, new experiences, more, more experience doing a whole bunch of different stuff. I mean, at this point now, you're promoting your third show. We yeah. have KLBK. Well, you've already promoted the third show. Yeah. We're going to yeah. be able to watch it um, <clears throat> here soon. It is KOBK, Kill or Be Killed. That is Die Young is the name of the show. It's going to be airing on IWTV. It airs. Well, it's, it's, it's available right now when you're hearing this. Yeah. You can use, yeah. Code, you can use code Fight Talk, F I G H T T A L K, all as one word, no spaces. And when you use that code, it just lets um, IWTV know that you're hearing about the platform from me. And I appreciate it when y'all use that. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just want to run down this card with you, man, and uh, highlight some of this talent if, you, uh, if you're down. Would love to. It was, uh, it's, I honestly feel it's our best show. Today, uh, of course, the first one, the sold out, we're bringing that back in January. Um, but yeah, I think match to match, our best show to date, incredible locker room. Um, again, had some hurdles we had to get over on the day of, but we made it happen. And uh, I, I'm just so, so, so proud of the show. One question I have right off the bat before we get into the actual card, the, uh, the PWI 500 dropped not too long ago. And mm. um my, my question to you as a promoter is, did anybody's rates go up based on their number, based on the last time you worked with these uh, Thankfully for me, I, again, in, in professional wrestling, <clears throat> you make really good friends. They'll do you right if you treat them right. So uh, everybody kind of comes in at a pretty good price for me. I don't keep up with the uh, the 500 too too closely um so i couldn't tell you whose number changed or <clears throat> anything like that but I, I can say that that locker room was really good to me um i'm really proud of the connections we made and something that um that shows i think in the matches is every everybody we booked i mean i thought about it the next day and this is a truth like the truth everybody um in, in their matches at some point throughout the night came and told me it was one of their favorite matches in a while. It, thank you for, for you know, letting them have the match they wanted and this, that, and the other. It's just like we give that opportunity at our shows where 
you know, we live in our own little universe. So um, as I've learned, as always with other promoters, as they know, um, you can't always do the matches. You want storyline and budget and travel. Everything kind of gets in the way. So putting a show together and making it you know, happen is its own, its own right. But being able to put on matches without really a ton of rules um, like we ha- we can do, um, I think really, really makes it for uh, a different opportunity for the talent. So I want to thank them, everybody in that locker room, uh, as family to me. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously I was, I was <coughs> kidding about the, about the, the rates. We, we were, we were talking about that, um, on some previous shows, just about how that the, the joke is always like when the PWI 500 comes out, yeah. everyone's rates start going up and I, and I was figuring with you being a promoter now, like, you know, if you if you'd notice any of that, but no, I know I know that these are uh, these are your people that that are doing yeah. these shows with you, man. So I I know I know it's nothing but love coming from uh, from the talent and from you doing these shows. Um, I mean, the whole thing for people who, who may have missed it, you know, we've had Mo's on multiple times, and we've talked about uh, the previous KOPK shows, and this whole this whole thing stems from a group of like minded friends, wrestlers, you as like a promoter, commentator, manager, like. All, like a group of, of friends and individuals traveling mm-hmm. together and working all over the place. And then like that. So it makes sense that the locker room vibe would be like that of a family type vibe, because otherwise you probably wouldn't want them on their, on the show for any reason. Exactly. Yeah. It's something I don't have to worry about. Um, it's always the production. That's the stuff I worry about. I know in the ring and the matches, that's going to be breezy. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it, it's something that, um, I, I think it shows with the passion in these matches. I mean, we're telling stories. We, uh, <clears throat> our main event, uh, the the Hardway Heater Nick Iggy match, and that's literally been like over a year in the making. We've kind of planted seeds, and going back now, um, we're not going to spoon feed our stuff. Like it's nothing like you know trying to sound all like oh we're not, you know it's just literally like I think our talent is good enough that if you're missing the story along the way by the time you catch it, you're going to want to go back, hopefully for us and you, and kind of see, like, where did they kind of drop those seeds? And, and we've done um, a pretty good job of that. Like I said, we've had some hurdles. There's definitely a couple stories I wish we could have told originally planned, like would have loved to have done, but that's part of the game. And uh, and we're powering through um, with kind of some audibles and whatnot when we come back in January for sold out to really – I've got some big uh, – some big goals next year. So we'll see if we can, if we can pull it off. Awesome, man. Well, let's, uh, let's go through the show a little bit. Cause I am, I am very excited to watch this. I was hoping that you would have it on IWTV uh, live to watch, but I also know that sometimes it just makes more sense for a lot of reasons to do yes. this, the tape version. Um, and if you want to elaborate on that, you can, but I know that like, there's reasons like there's, there's definitely pros and cons to doing live versus doing tape. Oh, for sure. And it's something Dylan told me, uh, shout out Dylan Hells. He told me when sold out uh, last December, my, the first show we put on, when it was kind of coming together, it wasn't, it, by the time I had put everything together to talk to him about a live stream, it was too late in the to the date. Um, but it, he let me know right away that it's just the truth of it is some shows do better on VOD, some do better live. Um, it, you know, having a great... Uh, having a great date where it works out where, so our second, our second show, our first live stream back in May, I think we were part of like five streams that night. So um, uh, it's a beauty to have this much wrestling, but it, 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 like you said, there's pros and cons to it. Um, And it's something that sold out, did really, really well VOD. Um, I think 
I think this one's going to do really well VOD and we'll see about uh, the plan right now. Obviously, January, we're going to do Cobra. So I'm not, that won't be a live stream either. That'll be another VOD. Um, and then we'll reassess because uh, I've, I, I'm definitely not done with live streams. Like it, it's still, you know, the, the price points there, it's still not like it's not worth doing. It's just um, if it can work these next couple shows, do pretty well uh, on VOD, then, then that live stream comes around. Maybe we can do something pretty sick on a live stream kind of thing. Awesome, for sure. And yeah, I I'm looking forward to y'all running the Cobra. That's gonna be badass. Yeah. Um yep. that's why I'd like though. to yeah, I'd like to get up, up to Nashville for that. Um do it. Yeah. I'd like to I've been getting out a little bit more to to some shows and stuff. I the I've been trying to get to action, but you guys usually run at like seven thirty and I don't get off the shoot job until eight usually, and then it's like almost an hour drive for me. So it's like mm-hmm. if y'all if y'all if if I either got off work about an hour earlier. I guess I could ask off maybe a little early one of these Fridays and get out for a show. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And we got two more this year. Yeah, you guys are killing it there. I mean, great stuff. Um, As far as KOBK, Die Young, first matchup. I got the, I got the whole card here in front of me. Um, And this is no spoilers. It's so weird to say because, like, we're recording ahead <laughs> of time. But, like um, – by by this time you can you can you can watch it right now on IWTV. Um, we have Gary J, who, I mean, a real just, I mean, legend at this point. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like of, of our scene. Like I mean, I that guy. He's worked everywhere. He's wrestled everyone. His his feud with Warhorse is like one of the best feuds in like indie wrestling history, in my opinion. Um, and I, a guy who just, I mean, just absolute badass um when his music hits the, the crowd starts you hear it and you start going with it you know getting ready for him to come out to that entrance ramp uh, out to that entrance ramp through the curtain and uh it is a tough 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 dude yep. and An- anakin murphy who i'd like you to tell me more about because i don't know much about anakin but i'm very interested by him yeah anakin murphy so this match was originally going to be sean campbell and gary J and Campbell legit has just like the flu or body chills. The time of this recording, he's he's up and around now, but it literally was like Sunday night into Monday morning. Um, he just body aches and everything like that. So um, we made the decision, right? Obviously, it's not worth chancing his body in there with Gary J when you're not 100%, but it's also just can't risk anyone getting sick, can't risk him getting hurt, uh, you know, so it just it fell apart that was a friday night i was pulling into that action show friday night and found that out um thankfully anakin murphy we had him booked he's a young talent out of the midwest very tough um already been um accepted into it's they're not the besties anymore right they're like their grindhouse is, which yeah which is still weird to me but yeah yeah, very weird. yeah. not so seeing the, them doing savage garden uh in the dance and stuff is very it's, uh, it's wrong, actually, when you really think about it. Just I, I agree. It's I so, but they accepted. You know, you know how I mean. We talk about legends. That's a legendary team right there. Yep. So they he, getting that kind of uh, that love for Anakin was a big deal, and it showed in this match. It's basically kind of the same match we would have gotten Campbell. Uh, he and Anakin are both very reckless. They're some might say sm- you know smaller stature for sure, but uh, makes up for it with just grit. Um, I'm uh, very happy with this match. They tore it down. Uh, Anakin, man, uh, 
got got very much uh, a lot of love from the crowd. I think we're going to be seeing him at TWE uh, for sure this weekend and kind of maybe a little bit more moving forward. So this not only was just a badass match for for both those guys, I mean, an opportunity for Anakin, but uh, it, it's led to, uh, you know, getting more more bookings for the the young kids. So because he, he was originally going to be in the scramble um, that we'll talk about in a minute, but Anakin moved over to Gary and he was fired up for it. And like I said, I mean, you, you know, match number one, Gary J coming out of the curtain with that uh, that song, uh, and Anakin brought it right to him. So yeah, I'm very very proud and happy that we got to put this match on. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's a great transition. Um, you're pulling Anakin out of the scramble. Um, who who is in the scramble? Because all I have on my on my list is just says scramble. Just, and I'm yeah. And I, hey, and listen, if you are a fan of uh, of Game Changer Wrestling, or even even more specifically to an event like this, if you're a fan of Southern Underground Pro, um, yes. you are familiar with how how um, hyped up the scramble match gets. Like people look forward to these things. So I, I'm very sure you put together a banger of a scramble. Who is in this? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up SUP. This was my ode to SUP. Uh, the the SUP scramble is legendary for me because it we you, you got to see maybe people you hadn't seen in a while. You, you fell in love with someone new. And, yeah, we tried to put that together. So stepping in for Anakin Murphy was Casey Owens. He's one that he's let, you know, he's a few months in. He's a TWE performance combine kid. Uh, very tough kid. Uh, I, you know, put him in there for a reason. Uh we also had Cavron Canyon back. Cavron's, you know, you're seeing him more in the Midwest. Uh, tough A4 kid. He, he's got that big body. He can do some really cool stuff. Uh, Derek James is back. We Derek and Cav were actually in the first KOBK match ever. Our, uh, it was originally going to be a young gun scramble at the first sold out, and it wound up being a gauntlet because we didn't have a ring. Um, so we had Derek back. Again, young. Uh, very bright future for Derek James. Happy to travel. He's all the way from Oklahoma. Drove like 10 hours straight to come wrestle this show for me. Um, we had Rico. You know, Rico Gonzalez, you're seeing all over. You mentioned Settlement sure. Series, GCW. Rico's had a fantastic year action wrestling as well. Um, just a star, like an absolute star is Rico. Uh, as is um, uh, Finesse, I almost said uh, – you know, totally plastic finesse. I know it's the same way. Very few matches. I think this was match five for finesse. A crux student, a carry awful student, um, somebody that you will see everywhere. Like once, like once finesse is on Big Gay Brunch, man. Like it's just gonna be a skyrocket because uh, already working the cameras right, already just putting on like everything finesse does in the ring is so smooth. So definitely eyes out for totally plastic finesse. And finally, Damian Turner one we've seen the South a bunch this year. Um, uh, very great skill set over, you know, overlooked talent for sure. Um, because he is very technically sound and one that, uh, anytime, you know, anytime I can get Damian on a show, I'm happy to see him because of how good he is with the crowd and smooth, uh, in the ring. I love it. I love it. I'm looking forward to some some breakout stars coming out of that scramble yeah. match. I'm sure that'll be an absolute banger. Um, next one we got on the list here. <clears throat> we got Carrie Awful versus Derek yes. Neal. Yeah. I, yeah, this will be this will be a I mean, pretty much a hoss fight. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, like Carrie Carrie is pretty versatile, but like Derek Neal just like beats people down. Um 
this is a very interesting matchup for me. Um, Carrie, I feel like we don't see as often anymore. Right. Um, right. And, um, but he means a lot, especially to like the Southeast scene, especially with all the people he's trained and, and, you know, his influence with, with, I mean, a very, very highly respected person in the scene. And Derek Neal is a dude who just, like I said, I, I, I know there was that whole kind of, uh, kind of movement to get him a look in the NWA a while right. back. And like, yep. I don't know how he didn't like, he's so, he would have been just so money for a, a brand like that. Um, but he, but he would work anywhere. Like, I think that he, he's, he still has so much untapped potential. He's so good. And he's one of those guys that anytime you talk to, like, if I ever talk to like Cabana man, Dan or, or Adam priest or any of those guys, and I'm just like, Hey, do you want to throw out some names of people like that, that maybe aren't getting enough love that you want to get out there? Derek Neal's name always comes up immediately, you know? So like, he's a dude who just, this is a great match. This is great booking uh, right here, <laughs> putting this one together. And uh, what should the fans expect out of this? Exactly what you think was uh, just two talents, two people that known each other for years. Uh, as, as much as you said, Carrie means so much to a lot of us. Derek's the same way. Derek's the one that taught Carrie a lot of stuff in this business. Carrie would ask Derek questions early in his career. So it goes back, you know, years, I mean, a decade probably um, or more with these two and, and it lived up to it. Uh, the crowd was, it's hard having this many really good matches as, as weird as that is to say, because you're trying not to kill the crowd, but you're also trying to, you know, everything I want to, everything I want it to feel like a main event, even though a lot of people say you don't want that, you want it to, you know, crescendo that main event. But I, looked at this card by the time we had it that it was we have a lot of like just just scraps and and you know it's like a boxing card you're not going to be upset if you know you might be tired but you're not going to be upset if every you know every match lead to that main event is a you know a sick knockout or something like that you're going to ride with with what you're given good storytelling or whatnot so this was a weird spot to put it uh three but it was man and they they took it to each other very hard hitting um crazy just slug fest that um that i'm again i think a lot of people are going to really enjoy it and again it's one that whatever you think it is like they lived up uh, and maybe exceeded some expectations with what they brought i love it man i love it and i didn't know um that Derek and carrie went back that far so that's yeah. um that's very interesting for me um good stuff good stuff another <laughs> I mean, there's another like back to back, just absolute banger, uh, Lutha X and Joe Black. So, I mean, it's like I can echo a lot of the same stuff I feel like we just said about just like expect these guys to just beat each other down. Um, Joe Black, like, I'll always bring this up when we talk about the KOBK show, but the, 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 the stuff between himself and Brett Eisen when your promotion started really set the tone and like really, um, I don't want to say put over Joe Black because he was, I mean, we already know, like, you know what I mean? But, but like within the kind of universe you're creating in your, in KOBK, Joe Black right. immediately became like incredibly relevant by being involved with Red Ice and right off the bat within the story with like the, the beads and everything. And it was just, you know, so Joe Black means a lot to the promotion and Luther X, a member of KOBK. So obviously means a lot to the brand and a guy, these are both guys who like, a loss doesn't hurt either guy, but like big wins mean a lot right now for both guys yep. as well. So like th yep. this is, this is a matchup that I, I, once again, very, very smart uh, booking in my opinion. 
This was one at both these matches actually the behind the, the scenes on this are so Brett has stepped away. I don't want to say he's retired, but the plan right now is Brett has no plans to wrestle a match anytime, you know, in the near future. He's got uh, his his body's beat up. Um, he's he's just kind of in a rhythm right now of real life and things are going well. And he just the it's not you know it's not worth being in the car for X amount of hours just to you know be beat up even more in the ring. So. Um, these matches were originally, it was going to be, I believe we're going to do Luth and Carey, um, because it was going to be Joe Black and Brett Ison too. This was going to be the big rematch in a ring. Um, it, so yeah, what ended up happening is obviously we just talked about Carrie and Derek. That was easy for me to kind of make last second, uh, within a couple weeks. And I went to Luther straight up and, and asked him what he thought about Joe Black. What, you know, was that the match? I knew it, it was something he was interested in, but I didn't know how much it meant to him. And it was basically, uh, you know, if we could make this happen, if he could get that match for Joe. Cause you know, like you said, Joe's been through a lot of wars. He's put a lot of miles in that body. He's go- There's going to be a day when Joe Black's not going to be a wrestling uh, wrestling anymore. So for, for Luther to get this match when Joe is at the level he's at right now and still in the game meant a lot to all of us. And it, this is no, no, again, no BS. Um, the match of the night, the absolute match of the night. Um, the main event was incredible. We'll talk about that. But, the, I mean, this one, people were living and dying in that live crowd. I got to do commentary uh, with Hardway here on this one. We laid out a lot where you could just hear the violence here. You know, Luther and Joe talking to each other. I mean, this this was uh, maybe the best match. Honestly, it might be the best match we put on in our three shows. Like, it's that good. Um, wow. Yeah, it's that good. That's the one I'm. I'm very excited, and uh, and the way it worked out with us going on at ten Eastern or last night at this point, uh, people are going to stay up too long to see this one, um, and I think that they'll want to stick around. Be it is. It could have been the main event. Um, it's that good. I, I can't wait for people to see it. So proud of Luthex. Um, thank Joe Blackmore than anything I can I can say because he, he is he brought some real legitimacy of his brand to us and vice versa. So yeah, without a doubt, highlight this match when, uh, when you can and go see it. Yeah. I can't wait. And that's, that's big praise. If if you're saying this might be the best match um, so far at any of these shows. So I'm definitely, I mean, I'm going to watch the whole show obviously, but I'm, I mean, if you weren't already sold, yes. you know, check this out. Um, next matchup, big tag team match. We got infrared, the team of Tyler matrix and Logan James, who I think are a very, very good pairing. Um, I like that they're teaming more often now. Um, Tyler Matrix, I really like his singles guy. I've liked him for a very long time, but for whatever reason, he just never caught on all the way. Like for what, like there was places where like Black Label Pro and stuff. I feel like he like he yes. was pretty successful, and yeah. I know he did some stuff at SUP, like back when we were together, and yeah. like, you know, an early early SUP for Nashville and stuff um maybe, maybe even seeing him at glory pro back in those days as well so he's a guy who like i felt like was on the on the brink of, of really breaking out for a long time i feel like he's still well um and logan james I, f- I feel the same way about it. i think he's very talented and i think they're they're a really good team together they're taking on bill's getting paid the team of billy starks who for those who listen to the weekender i put over billy is basically it, i don't i i can't put a date on it yet but like she will be the biggest star in all of wrestling. It's just a matter of like when that happens. 
Um, and she's, I mean, I can't say enough good things about her and, and Mouse and the whole BSB and everything. Obviously, massive fan of Billy and what she's doing. And uh, Billy Tipton, who is just like, it's so funny because he's just like, he's just the ultimate white me baby face. Like, that's <laughs> like, I don't, I, don't really, I, don't, I just really don't know how else to describe it. Like, Tennessee Sunshine, just that happy guy, brighten everyone's mood, stand up for what's right, you know? Um, the fans love it. You know, it's, he's one of those guys that I feel like can never be a heel, but also might be the best heel ever if done right. You know yeah. what I mean? I agree. <laughs> so so uh, how do you, you know, I, I shouldn't say how to, you put this match together because it's going to be great. It's a great stylistic matchup. But like, I let the people know, I mean, uh, I guess a bit more about uh, this matchup, putting it together and uh, the, the four competitors here. Yeah, I love huge fans. I'm a huge fan of Infrared. I mean, of all four competitors, but like you were saying, uh, Infrared's legit one of the best tag teams in the world. I say that because I mean it. They have been tearing it up. I mean, in singles competition, but in tag team for years, they're another big staples right now at Wrestling Revolver. Uh, they are, man. They're just so smooth and the level changes and just everything they do, I love uh, as a team and they're just such good POSs. Um, and I just wanted so so I originally had I wanted to do a tag match with Billy and Billy. They um, I've been trying to get Billy Starks on our show since the first show. Um, schedule always like you said, just always busy. The kid uh, finally got got her locked down, um, and I wanted to do a tag match. And then just kind of again, I was driving home one night after uh, I think a TWE show, and us and it just clicked like. I would love to see them wrestle Matrix and Logan. So I, I hit Tyler Matrix up right there and 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I know he's got a young, he's got a kid, he's got a young child. So there's a pretty good chance he might be awake. Uh, and he didn't message me back right away, locked the date down. Um, and they tore it down, man. I, you know, uh, Billy Starks has known infrared for years. Um, so it was a cool match for her. It was a cool match for them. It's a cool match for Billy Tifton because at a you know he's wrestled singles matches with with Logan and Matrix along this year and a half he's been in the business so this was kind of a measuring stick for him to figure out and feel uh how you know how better he's gotten so it was good for everybody a wild match i hated uh, i hated placing it right after that slugfest but at the same time it felt ended up being such a different match that um i think it ended up it's 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 uh it's a war of attrition in match 4 this one is a kind of balls to the wall tag team, just, you know, we're going crazy kind of match. Um, so two very different things, but two matches again, that could have been, you know, main events on a lot of other shows. So uh, yeah, ho hopefully if, if you're, if you've stuck around through four matches and you're going, when am I going to get some dumb spots? Like this is your match, the tag team match. <laughs> <Ick> enjoy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, that's when we got here um so it's just i'm i'm, I'm gonna double check yeah i you just said it just says ace versus kevin yeah, i'm assuming got... you're talking about eric royal um but uh kevin ryan of course and uh and ace god uh eric royal yeah so this is another one um especially if you're a fan of action wrestling like yes. this is a matchup for you um i mean speaking of i mean eric royal is that that's pretty much like when I think of him, I feel like he's synonymous with action uh, based on, you know, his title run and his longevity and that promotion and everything. And him and Kevin have been kind of circling each other for a while with Kevin and all his work there. And uh, 
and uh, Shug D and the good hand and everything that they do as a group and everything. So, um, and, and two, two, uh, like young veterans, Eric Royal yeah. and, 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 uh, and Kevin Ryan. So, and you know me, I, I was on the Kevin Ryan hype train a, a while yeah. back. Like I've been waiting for him to break out for a while and I've always liked his stuff. Um, so yeah. Um, tell us more about this, uh, this ACE God versus, uh, versus Kevin Ryan matchup. Um, yeah, huge Kevin Ryan fan, huge Ace God fan. I saw Kevin Ryan at a show. This has been probably four or three or four years ago. I saw him at this show, and I'd never seen him before. And I remember he, he did some stuff in the ring that I just thought – I I'd said to my wife, Haley, I said, this kid's got something to him. Um, uh, he's just kept getting better and better. Um, he he uh, had a really serious injury in January of this year. Um, it, it, it was – he completely tore his leg up, man. It was bad. Um, he was supposed to be on our second show, but because of health reasons, he couldn't, um, it's taken, you know, this long for him to get back, but he got cleared. Um, he was, you know, hopping around. Okay. And he messaged me and said, you know, I want an opportunity with somebody big. I want to come back and make a splash. I had big, like one of those, we talked about earlier, uh, plans for Kevin Ryan that just didn't come to be because of the injury. So. Um, he said, I want to make a big splash. And I'd already had a Scott book. I told Eric Royal from our, our first. I can get a Scott. Uh, he's never has a bad match. Uh, he's had very three, very different matches so far for us. He's had, um, what Tyler matrix, our first show, he and Anthony Henry show two and Kevin Ryan show three. So, uh, three very different matches, three different, very different competitors at different parts of the careers. And each, each one is just so good in different ways. This one was wild. Great storytelling. Very proud of Kevin Ryan, man, to come back from that injury. He's had some big life changes this year outside of that injury. Um, so he came back, wanted this match. I said, what about Ace? He said, I would absolutely love that. Uh, Ace was all about it. And, and again, this was one that this, this was kind of a, a little bit of a, a, a not quite the match I expected. I thought it might be a little different. They they tell a great story, man. Like they really do. Um, just I think one of Kevin's best matches uh, for sure in a while because of, of the injury and just his schedule. But one of my favorite uh, Kevin Ryan matches, and again, Ace proves why he's so good. Um, this will be one that you know it's a long show for sure but you stick with this and I think you'll be surprised by the emotion in this match. I love it. Um, after that, we got, in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of others and you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you'd agree as well. Um, arguably the best technical wrestler in the game right now, Adam priest. Any style. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's yeah, yeah. He really is. I mean, and he's getting the the DDT back over, just a solid, just DDT finisher. I love that. I love that. Um, and also, Battle Slam Legend. This man is just coming out and just showing up everybody at these Battle Slam events. And I've gotten yeah. the opportunity to get to know him a little bit better now, seeing him in person and talking to him in person a little bit more more recently. And he's just a great dude. Um. I don't want, I shouldn't say that because so it depends on where it depends on, it depends on which fans are listening to me right now, because yeah. depending on where you are, he's either the most loved guy in the world or the most hated guy in the world. Um, but yes, I'm a huge fan of Adam priest. Um, and he's another guy who I just feel like hasn't even, 
hasn't even reached close to his potential yet. Like he's gonna, he's already so incredibly good. And speaking of potential, that's going to be fulfilled, fulfilled over time. His opponent, Brogan Finley. Um, I mean, I I want to say I wasn't there live, but I know I was watching on IWTV. We were watching this dude when he he was having like his like third fifth yep. match and stuff, and yep. it's like. And, and I just remember knowing, or you, I think you've been telling me, like, he's actually Fit Finley's kid. And I was like, really? And he's yeah. that good after five matches? Like, this is this is pretty um, exciting. And now we're seeing him already so much better. And he recently turned as well. Um, he he beat up, uh, was it Bobby Flacco that he turned yeah. on recently? Yeah. He, like, well, Bobby, because that's right, because Flacco, like, accidentally hit him. And then he like hit him in the back and then bailed him on their match. Um, so when I mean this is this is a great matchup because Brogan is just like once again, he's he's probably one of, if not like probably the um the just the biggest like hidden secret in wrestling, I feel like, as far as like the people who know know, but like it's I feel like it's not even really out there too much that like this kid exists, like. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those things. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna be such a massive star. Um, oh, for sure. So, and then, and then Adam Priest. I mean, like I said, like just great match, any style. Uh, how how do you even think to put this one together? Because I think it's a very, very good matchup as well. And uh, if you want to elaborate more on Priest and Brogan, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm with you on Priest. Uh, I mean. I, I obviously with you, I'm a little more honest kind of behind the scenes stuff than I am uh, a lot of anywhere else really. But um, yeah, I, I'm a really good friend of mine. I've gotten to know Priest really well. Um, and uh, he's someone, like you said, one of the best in the world uh, could be and should be on television weekly right now. Um, and Brogan is someone I've gotten really close with. It's really cool to say, uh, you know, how, how tight me and Brogan have gotten. Um, he's one that he could live off that last name, but he's happy to grind. He wants to get in the car and, and make towns and put on good matches and really uh, earn it. I mean, he really does. So this one just came to me. I think I wasn't at an action show. I'd already had, I had Priest and Brogan booked separately and it just hit me like, why don't I have them fight each other? So I asked, I, I, they, I mean, they both had, had matches earlier that night and I went up to him separately. Hey, do you want to do this? Cool. Hey, do you want to do that? Cool. Um, and it happened. And it's one of my, it's one of my favorite matches of the night. It's, it's, they, man, they go, they, they do everything you want those two to do. Um, they have a lot of fun. I mean, you can tell they have a lot of fun in there together, which is always a good, uh, a good thing to see. Um, I think this is one, like you're saying, a lot of people watch this one and I think they, uh, they're going to have a lot of fun with it because they brought it, man. Priest and, uh, and Brogan both brought it and met each other at a really good time for each because Priestman, uh, he's just so good. And Brogan, because of that match, even as good as he was, is, is a little bit better already. Awesome. I, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, after that, we got Shug D. And it just says Pete. This is, in fact, yeah. Pete Youngblood, correct? It is. I'm not going to say a lot. This was a little bit of a surprise. Okay. Some things, okay. Yeah, some things transpired there, but it's no secret on Twitter now. Pete Youngblood, you know, he's back. He had a little sabbatical. Um, but, yeah, I, I won't say a lot about this because some things happen and we get into it, and it was, okay. it was a That's lot fine. of fun. 
Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll just highlight a little bit. Shugdi, obviously, don't call him Pineapple Pete, but right. if you're only familiar with him as that, I would highly recommend checking out all of his work outside of that because um, the man can talk. I mean, yep. they, they, on the microphone, on commentary, on ring announcing, I've seen him do it all. Um, great in the ring, just very selfless. As, as, as much as his character, well, actually, depending on who it is, he'll be selfless and help someone like Kevin Ryan win a, a, a battle royal. Um, but also, like, he's trying to get his right now, too. Like, yep. he, you know, yep. the good hand, they got, they have their mission. But, um, and then on the flip side, I'll just say Pete Youngwood. I've, I'm like a, I'm like, I don't want to say a day one because like I wasn't in there training, you know, with Newman and those guys. But like <laughs> the first time I saw him was very, very early on. And I was like, before I even saw this guy wrestle, based on the look alone, I was like, I'm, I'm with this guy. Like, like <laughs> I, 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 I like whatever's going on with this guy. It, it's, it's similar vibes were like the, the, the two very different people, but like it was the same feeling I got with, uh, with Merck. And I was like, there's something just off cool. about this guy, but I like it, you know? Um, and, and of course, you know, shout out to Jaden Newman. And, and uh, Jaden has spoken very highly when I've interviewed him about Youngblood. Yep. And uh, once again, Youngblood is a guy who just, the more reps he gets and the better he gets. Like, I think that, I I, I think he's going to like really find a spot in, in the wrestling world doing doing something. Like, I really do. I've, I'm, I'm a fan, so... Um, I'm excited or very interested to see how this match takes place. Because when you sent me the match listing, I like looked to see like in like any of the graphics or anything, and I was like, "Is that be talking about Pete Youngblood? How how this even happened?" So, okay. I think I, I think froze for just a second here. Try to make sure we get Mo's back. Okay, I'm back. I think. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Okay, all good. You're still a little bit choppy, but we can still hear you fine. Um, main event of the show. Okay. We got Nick Iggy taking on Hardway Heater. This is a fed hardcore match. Um, Heater, of course, coming off of a very long injury, very serious injury. Um, and he's been back and having some bangers since returning. And, of course, a member of KOBK, so very fitting that he would be a big part of the show. Nick Iggy, um, a part of The Last Laugh. I really like what they did throughout um, throughout Uncharted Territory and um, and what they're doing right now in, in everywhere that they're popping up. I think it's given a whole new life to Nick Iggy in the, just, like, his whole his whole career, really. Like, just being just something different than the Carnies and him doing his own thing, but but also having a group around him and the group makes sense. And I think it's helping get the other members of the group over as well. Like, I think it's working really well for everybody. Um, like Hunter Drake has totally transformed since the Talladega Nights yep. days. Yep. Um, um, I mean, Kenzie Page, Dylan McQueen. Um, I mean, just, just very, it's, it's very well done so far in my opinion. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how this match goes down and, let the people know how this came together and what a Fed Hardcore match actually is. Yeah, so the Fed Hardcore match, basically no gusset plates, no glass, no death match. It's, uh, if, it, if it wasn't used on an episode of Raw in 98, you cannot use it in this match. I love that. Yeah, um, it, it's like I said, this is a story we've been building since our first show. 
Uh, that was that was that was Iggy's stipulation, right? It was. It was Iggy's stipulation. So <laughs> he he said he he talked all this talk and said that he'll wrestle anybody I put in front of him because he's undefeated. He is undefeated. He beat Cole Raderick at our first show, and then he beat Billy Tipton at our second show, uh, Blood on My Jeans. So, and in that show, Blood on My Jeans, he went for a light. He had a little light tube spot where he went for it and he took the light tube out of the socket and acted like he was going to hit Billy, and then he put it back in. It was just, he's kind of been dancing around it, so I tried to make him have a death match with Heater. He refused to do it. He said he would do Fed Hardcore. I didn't, I was just like, hey, we'll not have the match now. That's fine. But Heater said, you know, by any means to get hands on Iggy. So um, that's how it kind of came together. It's been something, I knew I wanted these two to have a match, you know, the main event. I mean, my goal has been I'd like a member to a different member to main event each show, and by sheer luck, so far it's worked. Uh, Brett was show one, Akira was show two, and now Heater show three. And I'll go ahead. Our our first match announcement for January sold out back into the Cobra. The main event of that show is going to be Shauna Campbell versus Tank. So um, the show after January will be Luther's turn. Um, but yeah, man, it, it just came together really easy. Um, like you said, Iggy has been amazing in the South and just professional wrestling. He's a star. He's somebody that should be on television right now. Um, such a great brain for the business. Such a great talent in ring. I mean, really the total package. Like, it pains me to say it because it's Nick Iggy. <laughs> I've seen your but, Twitter uh, exchanges, yeah. Yeah, it pains <laughs> me to say it. But he's just so – he is very good. And it's great match for here. You know, that year away, he's thought about these kind of moments for that year. Um, a lot of his bookings since he's come back have been kind of spread out. You know, he's not back to a couple matches a weekend, which personally I think it's good. I'm glad he's kind of getting back a little, you know, let's not dive in head first. Um, so these are the moments and matches he was after, and they they lived up to it. I said earlier, Lutha and Joe was probably our match of the night. This one still was a legit main event. We, our show was a little long. We had, you know, nine matches, counting the surprise stuff. Um, but, I mean, it's a lot of singles matches. There's a lot of meat on the bone. Some of those matches went a few minutes. You know, I could, you know, could have cut this or that, and it had been a shorter show. But I also think everything we put out there for the fans, it's it's something that you'll want. I mean, you know, uh, that the, it's not going to be the longest show of the year, but it's not going to be the shortest show of the year. And they still – the, the live crowd was living and dying with Hardway Heater and Nikki. So thank both of them for for really having a lot of fun with that match and making it matter um, with the build because it absolutely it lived up. And um, and I can't wait for everyone to see it and for, for them to get some flowers for, again, a fed hardcore match. And uh, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun, a lot of entertaining shit, uh, stuff on this card. Awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Y'all can thank watch you. it right now right after you hear this i mean this will be the end of the spotlight um you'll you can turn this off right after the show ends you can flip right over to iwtv you can pop in code fight talk you can uh check out kobk die young it's available right now yeah absolutely and and mose um as always man thank you for joining the show again the first three pete right here in the spotlight um, if there's anything else you'd like to uh, to say or, you know, of course, let people know where they can find you and, and anything else you'd like to plug, man, the floor is yours. No, thank you. Always a pleasure to come on here. Uh, look forward to being the first four-timer. Um, uh, yeah, KOBK, Die Young, watch other two shows, but on my jeans sold out. 
Uh, if you're in the area or just want to plan for a trip, January 14th, um, we're going to be at the Cobra in East Nashville. It's a cool little bar. We we're going to have four or five no ring, no rules matches. Uh, Hoodfoot will be there. Um, like I said, Tank and Sean Campbell. So please, please, please come out support so we can keep putting on these shows and keep giving uh, keep giving everyone kind of a different kind of uh, a different kind of show to experience. So yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jensen. Thank you, everybody. Please follow me at Mo's Kobk. There you go. Once again, that's Mo's. I'm Steven. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back on the spotlight. We're back. Thank you to Mo's three time, three time, three time guest here on the spotlight. Thank you to Jensen for getting that done as I was covering NXT. Everyone should feel awful for me that I had to cover NXT on Tuesday. Guys, appreciate all you joining us on this Thursday morning, heading into a Thursday afternoon. Now, everyone stick around here on youtube.com slash Fightful. We got Dave Dynamite with the great Will Washington later on. I'm sure I'll be appearing on that show. Sean Rossap has stolen my gimmick and just runs in randomly on that show as well. He'll be reviewing... It's not technically the day after Dynamite. It's two days after Dynamite. We'll see if Will changes the name of the show because I think we could get sued for false advertising because it's not the day after. I hope he reviews Evil Uno's show, actually. That's what he should do. He should review Evil Uno's show with the live scissoring celebration and Brandon Cutler beating MJF and the show ending 45 minutes early. That's the show Will Washington should review. Uh, guys, go over to Fightful.com. we got a bunch of stories up today. Head over to FightfulOverbook.com. That is our secondary YouTube channel that I contribute to and allegedly run. Uh, the latest episode of the series is up today. Uh, looking at CM Punk in his match, the first match against John Moxley. There's one more episode of this series of the series with CM Punk and his road to the AEW world title, which he has won the title but now lost the title. And he has one more match against John Moxley. What could be his last AEW match ever? We shall find out. So check out the series. It's like a 10-minute video. Deep dive breakdown on uh, really the story arc of, of CM Punk. Uh, we also have a new episode of The Gauntlet looking at big surprise returns with Riccicino up there. So go check that out. New content daily over on Fightful Overbooked. FightfulOverbooked.com. Head over there. Check us out. Give us a follow. Give us a subscription. Give us some thumbs up. We appreciate that. Thanks everybody for joining us. We'll be back next week on the spotlight covering all the world of professional wrestling with Ella J. Ella J in the creator spotlight next week. She's fantastic. She uh, contributed to the PWI women's 150, which comes out next week. So I'm sure the banter around that and the discourse around that will be tremendous on Twitter. And she also talked about uh, all the, all the, all the jobs she has, she's full-time in the world of wrestling right now. Talked about working on golf TV with Mickey James and things like that. Ella J is great. Everyone come back next week to listen to our interview with Ella J guys. We'll be back next week. Go to fightful.com stick here. YouTube.com slash fightful. Go over to fightfuloverbook.com. All thanks fightful. Enjoy your Thursday, everyone. Goodbye people. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.